Hello and welcome to the Survivor Historians special His Survivor Historians Apprentice Podcast. This is uh, Mario Lanza. And I'm Jay Fisher. And we are here, our very special podcast where we're going to pick our replacement for Paul. This is where we have sent out applications, people wrote in their essays, and we're basically looking for a temp that we can just kind of throw on the show here and, and kick around and make fun of, just like we used to do with, with Paul. So we found that making fun of Jay and I making fun of each other doesn't really work out as well, so we need a third. Uh, you have any disagreement with that, Jay? I have no disagreement, but uh, you know, we, we got lots of people writing in and uh, giving us a, a good essay on, on why they should be on the Survivor Historians. And we had this whole contest planned, but uh, as it turns out, Mario, it, it was all really irrelevant. We didn't need it. Yeah, that's the thing. If if we got someone who's like an established podcaster, say like your Rob Sesternino or someone like that, then we were going to take them automatically. That was kind of the rule. So um, what happened is uh, Tim Allen, who you might know is Shut Up Tim over on the, the Tribe, he sent us an application. He said, you know, I'm willing to jump in. I can help you record. I can, uh, I've done podcasting before. I know my survivor. And we really need somebody to help us record and do all the editing. So it was you know, I you know I hate to say this for all the people that took all the time to send in applications, but you know we already made the choice. So uh, I'd like to right now to welcome you to the third member of the Survivor Historians. You know him has shut up, Tim. Here is Tim Allen, our newest friend. Uh, thank you, Jay. Thank you, Mario. And just to clarify for all those people who did spend their time to uh, put in their applications, um, yeah, I didn't put in one. Actually, Jay contacted me personally and begged like i told i said no like three or four times but you know you want to you want to help a couple of guys who are you know eh, moderate survivor fans out um you of course know me from the tribe and like the tribe i came in and replaced paul when paul left the tribe and it only makes sense that i you know replace paul here on the uh on the historians yeah that's it uh and uh just wait, like t- just, Tim, wait, Tim, I, I don't, I don't recall begging. Like, what, what part, what part of the contact did, did you, did you as- associate with begging? You told me you'd write the essay for me. Like, you, you said I know exactly what Mario is looking for. I will just, eat, don't worry about it, Tim, because that was my main concern. I didn't want to write an essay or you know do anything. I don't mind recording it and you know talking about Survivor because I, I, from the people who listen to the tribe, I am passionate about Survivor. People may know that like last season, my overall pick was Laura B. Um, I of course, you know, people have been clamoring for um, more and more like One World Talk, which One World is one of probably my favorite seasons in fact um i remember you asked me who my favorite survivor was i was glad to say survivor greg yeah um, greg greg buis from borneo that's a great pick the coconut phone yeah uh who uh no 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 i like greg uh greg from uh one world you know uh tarzan he's also known known by you know man that guy uh he was just like uh, he had a quantum entanglement with my heart wait 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 wait. hold on so you meant greg is in greg from survivor one world is your favorite yeah yeah tarzan yeah he's not great he he embodies everything that's great about you know modern survivor and i think that's what you guys are really missing on the historians is you guys are stuck in the past man let's let's move on and embrace the changes i you know i'm really upset that this new season there's no returners uh uh wait tim hold hold on time out mario what the hell dude do you do you even know who greg buis is Uh, yeah 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 he's um wasn't he the virgin on the first season 
Oh, um, Jay, uh, we've made a we've made a huge mistake. Yeah, we we have. Um, Tim, um, All Stars is great. I can't wait. So so my favorite. That's one of like the best seasons. I'm so Tim. I'm so glad they didn't bring back Vesepia because um, she's terrible. Uh, Tim, 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 I, I'm I'm just gonna have to I'm just gonna have to say this right now. I mean, it, it was real. And it was good, but it was never real good, Tim. This, this, this. I don't think this is going to work out. Uh, wait, what? You, honey, honey, please stop. You, just stop. So just the, stop. the show's canceled then. Uh, well, no, the show's not canceled. But uh, I, Mario, do, did we act? Did we actually plan something? Because I think we're going to still need uh, a, his, uh, a replacement for Paul. Because I just don't think that Tim's going to work out here. Yeah, the the good news is the show is going to go on. The bad news is it will not be with you. And uh, maybe that's good news. I, I think I, I think it is. I think it is good news, Tim. I, um, I have a lot of perspective on people like Elisa and Leaf. I mean, I could bring a lot to your show, guys. I mean, okay, Tim, I, do you see do you I, see the red phone I, icon? I'm going to need you to click it right now. Uh, okay. That red phone icon, it just increases your volume so we can hear you better. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, guys, uh, let me turn up my volume and just say that. Oh, All right. God, he's gone. Ugh. Well done. Nicely played, Jay. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, that's how it goes. Um, sorry that it didn't work out there, Tim. And uh, I think we're going to need to interview some people. Yeah, you know, I like Tim. He's a great guy, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's a fucking huge douche. <laughs> a gigantic <laughs> douche. Exactly. He's the, the biggest douchebag ever. All right, so we have some interviews lined up. Yes, we are going to do the Historian's Apprentice Contest. We have eight interviews lined up for you tonight, and uh, we are ready to jump in. You ready, Jay? Ready to talk to some new people who we don't know all that much about? I am absolutely ready for this. Uh, you know, we we just know them briefly from... You know, either, you know, just some internet contacts and mainly just the uh, the essay that people wrote into Survivor Historians at Gmail. I mean, it, the, those are fun to go through, and we got a lot of them. Absolutely, and we have some – well, basically what we're doing is we're throwing every little demographic we have at the wall here to seeing what sticks. Like, we have a couple of males, a couple of females. We have – people are huge fans of the show, people that – aren't maybe so much big survivor nerds, but are just funny people we think might have chemistry with us. We're just throwing a bunch of different people out here and we're just throwing them live on the radio and it could be great. It could be a disaster. We have no idea. Yeah. And, uh, for those of you listening, uh, you know, if you have an opinion on, uh, somebody that you thought had good chemistry with us, uh, or, or liked what they had to say, or maybe you enjoy the perspective that maybe they'd bring to this podcast, let us know. I mean, it's not a democracy. It really isn't. It just comes down to us. And by us, I mean Mario. But, <laughs> you know, we always like to hear feedback on this stuff because uh, maybe he'll read it and take it into account. I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just guessing here, I guess. And if you like Tim's perspective, don't tell us because we will hunt you down and cut you. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. So do you think there's any chance we could replace Paul? Is Paul replaceable, Jay? No, Paul isn't replaceable, um, but we're going to replace him. Yeah. See, I was going to disagree. I was saying he's absolutely replaceable, and let's start. No, that, that's, that's an old the state <laughs> joke for those of you who watched the, uh, the state on MTV. That was the, you know, they had a little sketch on replacing some member. They, they like, held a funeral for him because they wish he was dead. It's really funny, but at the end, they were like, we can't replace you, but we replaced you. 
<laughs> and for the record, we don't wish that Paul is dead. No, we don't. And in fact, Paul, I, you know, if any if any of you are Facebook friends with Paul or anything like that, that guy is having just the time of his life right now. So uh, really, uh, just all the best for him. Exactly, and it would be nice if Germany finally invented the internet. That too. All right. Uh, I guess after that little distraction, I guess we can move on to the actual interviews. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, let's talk to some people. All right. These people have no idea what they're in for. They're about to go live on the air with these survivor historians who are pissed off because we lo- we're losing Paul and we're ornery tonight. So uh, we will start off with uh, this is a guy named Matthew Bach. Uh, Rob has a podcast, podcaster and stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Oh, extraordinary is kind of to be debated, much like other things, but thank you very much. <laughs> so I guess we will jump right into this. Why should you be on the Survivor Historians? Well, you know, I, I've kind of listened through your your backlog of different podcasts, and there seems to be kind of a a consensus of opinion. I, I don't want to say kneecap sucking to kind of go with like the RHAP terminology, but there seems to be a little bit less of a banter or a disagreement amongst you guys as opposed to like what I would expect a good conversation or a good debate to contain. Especially there's there's a couple things that you guys are very adamant about <laughs> that actually I would take the exact opposite opinion on. Um specifically some of your some of the players that you think are great that I'm not such a big fan of and vice versa. Some of the ones that you kind of discount that I think really, really deserve a second or third look. Wait, are you gonna say Sandra? Uh, that is definitely one of the ones on my list. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. So is this now over? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. So what, why do you think a debate is what would make this show better? I'm just curious. Because there's, you know, when you have a, in a, a set of opinions that are all the same, it's, it's, you're not really having a dialogue. You're, you're, you're basically just prattling on, you know, sp- preaching to the choir. You're not, informing you're just espousing to people whereas if you have an informed debate you have people whose maybe whose minds you could change or people that might say no you're wrong and here's why it opens up a a wider discourse and what do you think jay i'm listening i'm here (laughs) no i i don't disagree with you i'm just i'm just trying to get you to sell your your idea here why if you why you think this would be better now let's let's do a topic let's give people the listeners something to to listen to what what do you want to debate i wanted to talk a little bit about um returning players um specifically because if you listen to your history there seems to be a kind of a definitive split where your uh, love for the series kind of starts, uh, I wouldn't say a rapid decline, but definitely starts to go downhill. And I believe for both of you guys, it's right around All-Stars. A little yeah. later for me, but, you know, yeah, the general gist, sure. Yeah, and, it's def- definitely All-Stars for me. And that kind of actually ties into, you know, where you guys are much more of an expert of what I would call the classic Survivor. I think you can split Survivor basically into three different eras. You can do pre-All-Stars, and then between All-Stars and Russell, and then post-Russell. Those would be the three different phases, I would say, of, of the game, because mm-hmm. there's significant changes amongst them. But across those, those timelines, so there's been 27 seasons of Survivor. How many times do you think there have been returning players? Way too many. I would agree with that, <laughs> but it, there have been nine times that there have been returning players. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in the first 19 seasons, that's up until the seasons before, the season before Heroes versus Villains, there had been a total of three. So that means in the last eight, there have been six seasons that contained returning players. Mm -hmm. And with those returning players, every time there has been a returning player, there has been a returning player in the finals. Whether Mm -hmm. there was two, three, ten, or twenty, every single time there was representative of a returning player. And I think that kind of speaks to the unfair advantage that you have as a returning player. If you think about it, think about this podcast right now. You guys have a leg up on me. Um, Number one, because you probably don't care nearly as much as I do. But beyond that, (laughs) you guys have done this a lot more than I have. You have a rapport amongst yourselves where it's like, I'm the new guy. It's going to take me a certain amount of time to just get used to being here, Mm -hmm. much less adding any kind of value or in a case like Survivor, how many days does it take you to get used to the fact that there are cameras around, that you're starving, that you're living out in the wilderness? These are all things that a returning player has on day one that they're starting with as an advantage. And beyond that, how many, how many times has there been a what I call a half-assed Survivor, which is a Survivor that consists of returning players and um, new players half and half? Of those seasons, how many of them had a winner that was a new player? Oh, zero. Zero. Wait. Exactly right. Because there was um, Micronesia, and then there mm-hmm. was um, Fans vs. Favorites 2, Blood vs. Water, and there might be another one, but I know that each one of those times a returning player has won. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Because then because there's three kinds. There's the full all-star, there's the half all-star, and then there's the two or three people that come back. Right. And mm-hmm. the ones with the two or three, it's like there's you have you can't take away the game from the game that Rob Boston Rob the Rob that doesn't suck um played in Redemption Island but at the same time you have to look at the quality of the competition they were so dear in the headlights oh my god Boston Rob is here what can i do to make him win and that's what the whole se- that's why that stands up as one of the worst seasons and i think with a show like survivor when you are constantly basically re, what I call rehashing players, it shows that you don't have a faith in your system. You don't have a faith in your casting group. You don't have a faith in the show, the concept any longer. You feel you're just treading over covered ground. But there is, are a couple of questions that I wanted to kind of pose to you guys to, because mm-hmm. I, I think here is where we're going to get a little bit of that debate, especially with one person that's been mentioned already. Um, are there any players that have returned that have changed your opinion? Like you thought of them one way before, and then after they came back, you had a completely different outlook on them. That's a tough question for me to answer because I really try to look at each season in a, in a vacuum. I do not try to compare one player in a season to a different season they were in. Like I try to okay. look at the just individuals. So it's really hard for me to say someone changed my opinion because I consider themselves almost all almost like separate entities. So they're all self-contained. Okay, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't look at any because I, the variables are so much different in every season. That's true. Okay, so apparently that question sucks for you. But um, it's not uh, a bad. Jay. Yeah, it's not a bad question. Uh, no, I don't really change my opinion on people when they come back. For more than anything, I think that seeing them again more more or less confirms. Uh, an opinion. There are very few people that have been on a season of Survivor and have done something and then they come back on another season of Survivor and do something else where I say, wow, I completely did not expect that from that person. It 
people are pretty consistent uh, most of the way through. I think the only person that really changes and just in a weird way is, is Coach Wade, and it's really more of a for the cameras type thing, you know, uh, just just his his opinion going one way or the other. But it's a you know, I think it was all well within his character aspects, so there was there was nothing really there. All right, so I, I just want to throw out a couple and why kind of my overall opinion of them changed. Um, number one, and this was a very surprising one for me, is Jerry. Mm-hmm. And as you guys ha- have stated on when you did your Australia recap, um, Jerry was seen as like the villainous. She's the original villain of reality, villainous of reality TV. And when you look at what it is that she actually did, it's all fairly benign compared mm-hmm. to what happens today. Yeah. But and that possibly is why. But in in the history of the show, there have been two times when I've literally jumped up and screamed with joy that someone was voted out mm-hmm. and the first time was when she was voted out mm-hmm. but when she came back and not for all stars because all stars she actually kind of made her case a little bit worse with her behavior at the reunion show but with heroes versus villains she actually kind of had a little bit of a redemption if you want to use that term as far as her character you know she actually came across as someone that was actually someone to root for which is very very different than how she had been portrayed in the past mm-hmm and then, of course, you have Rupert, but I think that's just kind of the law of diminishing returns, you know. Just like how interleague play has diminished the excitement of the World Series, you see Rupert four, five, six, seven times, however many times he's been on now, and it kind of has completely spoiled any of the love that I think that he had from the, the, the masses out there. Mm-hmm. But more importantly um, is James. I think more than anybody else. If you mm-hmm. had to pick one person that kind of had not a positive turn, but a negative, because James was in his first two seasons, both of which I believe he was medically evacuated from, he had such a a great character. He was so positive. He was he was just loved. And then in Heroes versus Villains, he came across awful, um, sexist, um, angry. Very um, de- de- he was very very he just yelled at at women. I think it was Stephanie um, mm-hmm. for basically absolutely no reason. And it, it's weird because especially when you have a returning player season, you don't see the editors kind of usually take that arc mm-hmm. where they're going to cut someone down, especially someone who had been a, a fan favorite for so long. And that was uh, what the, probably more than anyone else the one that surprised me how my opinion of them had changed since they came back. But um, another topic, and I know you did cover this a little bit, but for people who have returned already, who would you like to see again? Who have oh. returned? Who have returned already, yes. Oh, Is there anybody? You're hitting me right in the heart with this question. I'm so, <laughs> anti, I'm so anti-returnee. Uh, fine, we'll go Sandra. I, I, I think <laughs> Sandra makes any scene better. Okay. Jay? Um, oh, God. Um... Uh, I haven't thought about this. I, I, I would really ultimately go with nobody, but uh, let's go with who I think is going to come back. They'll bring Malcolm back again. Okay. So I actually split this into two different groups. Um, one group that will probably come back that shouldn't, um, that I'd like to see, and that is Russell, Rob Sesternino, Fair Play, and Richard Hatch. And the reason I say that they shouldn't come back is it doesn't matter if it's a a half-ass season if they're one of two players or if it's a full all-star season, no way do they have a fair shot at playing, no matter what. 
because of who they are. I think mm-hmm. that they're dead in the water day one just because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that I'd like to see that I think will come back and will do well with one exception. Jerry, who I mentioned already, Corinne, basically filling your Sandra spot, except um, I like Corinne, so there, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm, I think, is a no-brainer. Um, he you know, has filled that role with the back-to-back seasons, and then I think just based on who he is, he definitely will be back. And then Candace, which I know that probably is a big eyebrow raise. Why Candace? I mean, mm-hmm. she was a question mark. Why did she come back for um, Blood versus Water? But I cannot get enough of her in a bikini. And, you know... <laughs> There's uh, very few things on that show that I've liked more than seeing her on Redemption or not Redemption Island, uh, whatever it was called in the Blood versus Water um, arena uh-huh. thing. Um, Redemption Island, then was it Redemption Island? Yeah. Okay, along the same lines, and I guess for you, it's just everybody. Who would you not want to see again of returning players? And I guess it's just everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, all of them is. It's a real obvious answer. Okay, before before we get too far in this, Matthew, we only gave yeah. you about fifteen minutes for each person. So, yeah. what? I, um, like I know you know your stuff. Obviously, you clearly have put a lot of research into this. You you know the history of Survivor. What makes you think you'd have good chemistry with with the two of us? I'm just curious. Um, uh, you know, I think part of it is, excuse my French, what I called "don't give a fuckedness." Um, <laughs> you know, it's I'm I'm 42 years old. I'm <laughs> I do not. It's not that I don't respect you guys. Don't take it that way, even though I can see why you would. But I don't think that you are someone that I can't disagree with. I, I don't think that even though you definitely hold all the power in this arrangement, that I, it's, I should pull a punch or not say that I think is some, that something's wrong or anything like that. I, I believe that I'm just going to speak my mind. Hopefully, there's going to be some tinge of humor behind that. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, I've displayed a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I do have uh, a little bit of a history doing podcasts. I'm very comfortable uh, talking. Obviously, the more you get to know someone, the easier it is. And as you can tell, the one thing that I sent out, unlike you, I do do a lot of background research. Yeah. <laughs> I spent hours um, compiling just stats of, of stuff. It's part of because I do statistics. Uh, now I can't speak statistical analysis for my job. Mm-hmm. So I'm very stat oriented. And a lot of that kind of ties into a lot of things with probability and statistics. I mean, I know that all that 67% of all statistics are made up, but still <laughs> it's something that is, you know, can be very beneficial to, to a conversation. I should point out that Matthew and I had a conversation on Skype right before this call where he went on the endless amount God, of re- research. All this insider shit. God damn it. I'm <laughs> done with this podcast. Matthew went through all of this research he'd done in, in preparation for this podcast, and I basically said, I've never researched anything ever. I wing every single conversation I've ever had. So it's kind of funny. If he was on the show, we would be just complete opposites. I've probably actually listened to your podcast more than you have. That's probably a safe bet. <laughs> I've um, just never because listened. I've listened to yeah. it once. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You win. For the, yeah, record, um, I, I, for the record, I do prepare notes, so screw you, Mario. But, uh, you know, nobody cares about me, so <laughs> we'll go on. And actually, I, um, that, that's the one thing that I can actually tell the difference. That was the hardest thing as I had listened to your podcast was which one's which, and mm-hmm. now I can actually get it. Now I can actually tell which one is which. Because if Jay was here, he has a very – he was easy to tell apart between the two of you guys. Yeah. But you guys kind of – it was I was never sure which one was talking when I was listening to it. <laughs> because Jay Except sounds like a man. I, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, plus I, I know Nick Brown. 
so that's another reason why you should have all right. Well, unfortunately, we're just about to uh, wrap our 15-minute time limit here, so we should probably move on. Um, anything else you want to say to the listeners, to us? And again, I, I should point out, we're not specifically li- looking for people who are just going to agree with us. So it's not a, a disqualification that you disagree. I, I totally agree with you. That could make good radio. I just wanted to hear what you had to say. Wait, am I, am I supposed to agree or disagree with this? Oh, you, agree, you agree with that. It's cool. Wait, what? To do whatever you feel is right. These are the droids you're looking children. for. Oh, yeah, and I know a shitload of Star Wars stuff. I can pepper that in also. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Matthew. Uh, thank you for being part of the contest, and we glad, we're glad you were on to uh, share a couple minutes with us here. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Bye. All right. Next up, our interviewee number two is a uh, actually friend of mine. I know her quite well. Her name is Heather. And she's from Oklahoma, and I have to say, Heather had a unique sales pitch in her application to the contest. She said that Oklahoma is even lamer than Montana, so if we want to just make fun of Oklahoma, she would be perfectly fine with that. So I appreciated that kind of spirit. So uh, welcome to the contest. Heather, and your last name is Short? Smith. Smith. Heather Smith. Yes. (laughs) All right. Heather, welcome to the Historians Podcast. Why do you think you would make a good Survivor historian? Oh, well. <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> yes, I never even expected the fact that I have to talk about the Survivor historians on the Survivor historians. Well, well believe it now, we're meta <laughs> up in this piece. Well, There's tens of tens of listeners anxiously waiting your response. I know for oh. a fact that there's at least three people that listen to this podcast, so you better bring your A-game here. <laughs> wow, this is exactly what I expected it to be. Actually, I think I would be great because I watch Survivor, and I love the show, and I know quite a bit about it. I mean, I know that it's a TV show. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and right, I think right. I... I was going to say, fuck it. Let's start talking about Guatemala. I know you're the biggest Guatemala fan on the face of the earth. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just going to tell you what we're going to do here. Oh, I can talk about that, too. Yeah, go for it. Heather, again, Heather and I know each other very well, so we have good chemistry together. This, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk like this with people I don't know. Oh, yeah. I probably would talk like this to everyone, though, so I don't know. Anyways... Guatemala, yes, is my favorite. Why? My... <laughs> yeah, I'm because... really interested in this answer. <laughs> you know that one special thing that you just watch and you know how much you love it? Well, that's kind of like what happened, except for it's with a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain it. I mean, if I, I just don't. Everyone's kind of asking me that, and I'm just like, I'm not really sure. I just love it. Was and... it your first season? Pretty much. I mean, I watched a little bit of some other ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. I, mean, I don't now, would, remember. Would you, would you be offended in the sense that I don't think that Guatemala is definitely in my list of worst seasons of all time, but you do have to realize that I believe that Survivor Guatemala is the Pandora's box that has opened up a lot of the suckfest that is a lot of more modern survivors, especially with bringing a couple people back to the game. Oh, I wouldn't blame you, but... I'll also have to argue that they obviously did it much better in that regard in that season. I mean, you talk to anyone and they're like, yes, I hate Redemption Island. I have not really told, I 
not really heard anything from anyone specifically citing Guatemala as the worst season of all time. So there's that. And the fact that, you know, a lot more people than Stephanie and Bobby John. And I kind of felt like Bobby John actually belonged there. He just seemed to fit. Okay. So what are you, what's your stance on Stephanie? Oh my gosh. (laughs) She knows so it's my your favorite season, Stephanie. and you just and you just <laughs> ugh on Stephanie. I don't like Stephanie. I mean, it's not really much on on Guatemala. It's more on Palau, though. I mean, is it because it kind of is forced... it because <laughs> I was gonna say is it because she doesn't speak with one voice? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's kind of like on Palau. She's just like, oh, this hero. Isn't she awesome? I'm like, she whined all the time. And on Guatemala, <laughs> she whined all the time. And everyone's like, oh, she's so annoying. I'm like, yes. So there's that. And the fact that on the Survivor Oz interview, she completely said, yeah, I was robbed. She's like Russell, except for she's a female in that regard. It right, just disgusts I, I, me. I saw on your application you wanted to talk about Lil. That was what you specifically wanted to talk about in this interview. Now, oh, yes. Jay, Jay and I are more than happy to talk about Lil. We love talking about Lil. So let's go for this one. Okay, okay. I love... Bonus points if you can yeah, quote I... Pete Rose. So, you know, start out by quoting Pete Rose and then talk about Lil. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's uh, he was the he was the baseball player that she quoted in the letter from her son, the letter from home. All right, just go forget that. Go for Lil. What do we got about Lil? Well, I think that it's kind of interesting that people that hate her but love Pearl Island, or Mm -hmm. because she start she is that season. Mm -hmm. You know, she started the whole mess that was the season that everyone loved Sandra winning and all that stuff because she's just like oh I don't know what I'm oh not exactly that yeah you're kind of preaching to the choir because Jay and I I know I should have picked some I should have picked something (laughs) different now that I think about that but I was just like what should I talk about that's like in 15 minutes I don't know should we just should we just throw random questions at you and see how you handle them sure (laughs) I like that better that's what I was kind of expecting Okay, um, what's your say? Oh, pre-All-Stars. What do you think about Survivor pre-All-Stars? Pre-All-Stars. Oh, those are fun seasons. I have to rewatch some of them now, but I'm like, oh, I loved them when I first did. Like, Thailand, I loved. I need to watch it again, but uh, Ooh, good answer. it was just amazing. <laughs> now, now, did you watch them at the time that they aired? I'm, I'm worried that we're going to lose a lot of street cred if you didn't even watch Survivor until Guatemala. I did watch a little bit of Survivor pre-Guatemala. It was mostly from my family, though, like, secondhand. We didn't really have TV. We didn't really watch a whole lot of TV when I was little, to be honest. Is that because <laughs> you were in when Oklahoma? I was younger. Yes. Because yes, you yes. live in a, in a teepee or something? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can't get cable that well, so you got to understand with me here. But my, my grandma did, and I'd go to her house, like, if I just happened to come on a Thursday or Wednesday, if it was Borneo, I'd just watch a little bit, like a, mostly the challenges and stuff, because I like lo- wa- love to watch people like run around and act like idiots. And yeah, and then when we finally got a TV and stuff for our own, my mom's like, "Hey, why don't we just take the party to our house?" And we started watching from there. Wait, no, wait. Did you have like a TV set up so you had to go to your grandma's house to watch Survivor? Did like 
various family members have to like hold up like tinfoil or metal objects in different <laughs> places within the room to triangulate the signal to the rabbit ears on the TV. <laughs> um, no, we actually had this. We actually had the thing set up outside, so whenever it rained, we couldn't watch it. Which is why I can't see it. <laughs> Did you have a roof on your house? Yes. Yes. Um, more or less. I'm just saying I'm, di- I'm dying to have, if Heather was our third historian, I'm dying for the Oklahoma jokes because she set it up like a volleyball set and I'm just waiting to smash that. I have, so many, I have so many questions and comments. This is just amazing. I know. I'm so excited if we could work Oklahoma into this somehow. <laughs> I currently live in a little town called Skyatook, Oklahoma. I say little because our phone book can be one of those little flyers that you stick on the on your car's windshield. <laughs> and I know like half the people that live there because I work at a convenience store. <laughs> How do you even get on the internet? How are you on Skype right now? <laughs> um, Wi-Fi. All right. Um, we are technically advanced in the wrong areas. <laughs> Obviously. I don't know. I'm Let's surprised see. they have a phone. I know. We are, too. I mean, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jay, anything else you got for Heather here? Again, I know Heather very well. I was very excited she threw her hat into the ring for this contest. Um, I, I think like we would have... Hat. Yeah, she, my... she is a hat wearer. She wears hats. She's known for wearing hats all the time, so she would uh, fit in real well with Jay. Well, I, I yeah. am a fan of hats, I must say. Heather, really quickly... Um, if you were to pick probably your personal funniest moment or storyline or something that would come out of Survivor Guatemala, what would you say is the funniest thing that comes out of that season? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to just, like, have a list, but I have pick to one. say... Pick one. Just, you know, even if it's total bullshit, just pick <laughs> no one. No waffling! No waffling. Oh, my goodness. I want to say everything that has to do with Gary. Just Gary as the footballer. Gary as the... I'm a landscaper, which he actually kind of was in real life, but, you know, no one knows that. I'm a big (laughs) fan of Gary myself, so I can respect that answer. I love Gary. I mean him, and then Danny, and then Amy, and then Judd. Oh, my goodness. He's just... He's just a fun ball of funny. (laughs) Yes. Him and the idol, and Judd, him and the... I'm going to beat you down with Amy. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's why I love that season. That's kind of like wise right there. It's all that fun. And I still remember that from the first time I watched it. And that's just, I couldn't remember anything from Cook Islands, for example. So, <laughs> or Micronesia. Well, except for the stick moment. But that's all right. So. <laughs> uh, I think we probably reached just about our 15 minutes. Um, anything else you want to say? Was oh. it? <laughs> I don't you, know. Somebody sassing me already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, anything else you want to add or say before we move on to the next interviewee? Again, uh, I, I know, again, I know you pretty well, so I, there's no surprises here talking to you. Oh, yeah. There's like, I mean, hi. <laughs> I would love to be on, obviously. I mean, it's a little bit more slower paced than I than I was used to with Survivor Oz, which I used to be on, but, yeah. What are you talking about slower-paced? We are, like, we've done seven seasons, <laughs> and it's taken us, like, three freaking years to do it. I, I really take umbrage to that. Wait a minute, well, wait a minute. She just said you were on Survivor Oz. 
I was. You're not, you're not there anymore? No. Oh, I was thinking if we hired you, we could poach somebody from Survivor Oz, which would be awesome. But if you're not there, we're no longer <laughs> poaching. Oh, well. Mm. We like Survivor. Oh, by the way, we like Survivor Oz. We have nothing bad to say. So I just wanted to no. mention that. <laughs> I quit because of. Uh, um, let's not talk I about was... it on the air. Let, okay. let, let's let's, let's yeah. leave. Let's leave any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, any I, other any I, other I, things about you real quick? Let's let the people know about you. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Survivor Sucks. Oh my goodness! There's a lot of things. And you're from Oklahoma. Yes, I am from Oklahoma. Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. Skytech, we- Oklahoma. Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> it's a state, and it's not that good of a state. Well, I love it, but it's kind of like That's you go funny. outside. Yeah, Montana wasn't that good either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if in anything Montana else we've learned, <laughs> if we've learned anything else from this conversation, it's that Oklahoma is a state. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well done. It is. All right. I think that's about it, Heather. We got to move on. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been fun uh, spending a couple minutes talking to you. Oh yes, you got to tell me how this goes. By the way, I love just listening oh, you- to this. I love listening to myself too. So. All right. Yeah, you'll find out when the uh, the third historian joins that you didn't get the job. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm just kidding. You have a chance. (laughs) Thank you for joining. It's nice talking to you. (laughs) Nice talking to you, too, Mario. Bye, Heather. Bye, Jay. Bye. All right. uh, Next up, we have interviewee number three. This is uh, Elon Dubrovsky. Did I say that correctly? Close enough, Mario. Pleasure to talk to you. (laughs) Oh, we're starting off with the Mario jokes. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. That was that was freaking fantastic, by the way. Yeah. That was amazing. Well done. You've done your homework. Uh, Elon runs a science podcast, and I've, I've actually run into him before. He, uh, he did a podcast once defending Aaron having an Adam's apple that women actually can't have Adam's apples. And that was near and dear to my heart since I've defended Aaron for years. So Elon and I have known each other for a while, and I'm very excited that he is throwing his hat into the ring for the historians. It's all smacks of super collusion going on. I, do, do you even need me here? Could I just go? Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, Elon, I'll, I'll, we'll start right off the bat. Tell us a little about yourself and why you think you'd be a good historian. Sure. Well, I've been a Survivor fan forever since the first season. I'm the one of my group of friends who I annoy by always referencing Survivor whenever we're talking about something. Oh, that reminds me of something that Jeff Varner did in season two of Australia. Um. So that's my Survivor background. Also, I just love podcasting in general. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I've been listening to Survivor Historian since the first episode, and I think it's great, and it would just be really awesome to be on it. Be able to chat Survivor with people who actually want to talk with me about it. Now, tell us about this other podcast you do, the science one. What is that? Well, it's called The Reality Check, and basically we, the way we put it is it's um, examining scientific controversies and curiosities. So basically we take claims that the majority of people believe, but that actually aren't true. And so we mm-hmm. sort of disprove them. So there's sort of the big classic ones, like is evolution real or um, is organic food better than other kinds of food? But also we like to put in other more jokey topics, such as can women really have Adam's apples and things like that, which they <laughs> can. Wait, very briefly then, sum up this organic food thing. Yeah, I want to know about the organic food. 
Well, I could probably just reference you to the episode. There's a lot of scientific studies I'd have to tell you about, but I just, I just, the, I just need the broad. I need the broadside right now. Sure, the TLDR is for the most part there's not a difference, and it's mainly just a way to sell food for more money. At least that's you know, what we came to so far. Penn and Teller came to the same conclusion on their episode of bullshit, so I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> cut a banana in half, gave half pe- half the people the half the people they told that it was organic and the other half they told people that was a regular banana and everyone who ate the one that was supposedly organic, they were making excuses as to why it tasted so much better even though it was really the same banana. It was funny. All right, good. We're starting the organic food bashing. This will work out real well. (laughs) Well, I had something I actually wanted to present to you guys about Survivor. If we could talk about Survivor for a second. Or do you have more questions for me? I absolutely want to talk about Survivor. What do you got for us? Okay, I was thinking... You know how everyone talks about trying to rank the top winners? You know, people name names like Richard Hatch, Brian Heideck, Boston Rub. And it's, uh-huh. almost like a boring, it's almost like a boring conversation at this point just because, you know, you've heard it and read it so many times. Mm-hmm. But I think one metric that people never consider and I think really does distinguish a good winner is a player who was in the minority after the merge but mm-hmm. still was able to win. And that's actually talk- very... I was going to say, are we talking about Vesepia? Vesepia is definitely in the list. In fact, there's only two people in that list from the first ten seasons, and mm-hmm. I know they're two of your favorites, Vesepia and Chris. Oh, near and dear to my heart. I like this argument. <laughs> well, the thing is, players like Richard and Brian and you know, Kim Spradlin, people who are uh-huh. known for having played amazing games, you have to be honest, they were great, but they were in positions to win after the merge episode and for the most part coasted to victory at that point. Yeah, I, you could I also say the same about up. Boston Rock. Where would we put uh, Denise from Survivor Philippines? Yeah, Survivor Philippines is an interesting example, right? Because she did vote with the majority on the first post-merge vote for Mm -hmm. Jonathan, but he played the immunity idol, which is kind of like... The the immunity idol really sort of puts everything into a different category, I almost think. Because, you know, you could take someone like Natalie White. She was in the minority at the merge. And she ended up winning, but really, would she have won if there wasn't an immunity idol played by Russell? Probably not. At least that's my opinion. So I think it's almost like it's easier to look at seasons before the idol, because that gets more confusing. But people like... (laughs) Yeah, I know you guys really like that. You guys, I hear, don't like the idol. Though we do have a few things we disagree about, I promise. I actually am a big fan of fans versus favorites and Survivor All-Stars. So if I could get on your podcast, I'd love to hear why you think Survivor All-Stars is bad and give my opinion on that. Now, you know that, well, I, kind of, that kind of breaks our strategy of just shitting on All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I might not be the right one for you. I remember when I was watching it, I was so invested in that Robin Ambert storyline. But I was young then. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it'll hold up. I'd have to rewatch. Well, to be fair, it was a romance for the ages. Yeah, I remember I thought that my girlfriend <laughs> at the time looked like Amber. And I would try to convince her to watch Survivor with me. And I would say, come on, it's like us. It's the story of us. But it still didn't work. Elon, you, you, you're, you, you're kind of confusing me here just with the, with the thing around. Because you, you totally were like kissing Mario's ass with the whole Vesepia is great thing. Which, you know, A plus for that. But now you're saying, you know, you like All-Stars. And so now I'm just really confused here. So uh, give me the TLDR. What, what's, what's cool about All-Stars other than just, you know, the, the Robin Amber and, and, and I'm invested in their love story as America was? I guess for me, a good Survivor season is one where it's kind of unpredictable. Like There's a lot of episodes where you really don't know how it's going to go. And I feel like Survivor All-Stars had a large number of them. First of all, just the first few episodes. Like, who would have predicted Colby and Ethan and Richard Hatch getting voted out so early? Then, of course, the whole 
Amber going to the other tribe. And, like, that was just the best storyline ever, leading to Lex's vote out. And then even the stuff at the end with Jenna and Rupert, I thought was pretty interesting. You know, compare that to a season like Thailand, which I know you guys like, and I, to be honest, didn't really enjoy that season so much, just because it was pretty predictable for the most mm-hmm. part. There was great gameplay, and you see Brian Heideck just destroy everybody, but I didn't find it as interesting, even though I guess Boston Rob really did destroy everybody, but at least you didn't seem... It seemed to me at the time, like, someone's going to vote out Rob at some point, right? Unlike yeah. uh, his sec- or Redemption Island, where you kind of just knew that no one would. So wait, you think Richard being voted out early was not predictable in All-Stars? No, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I think it was not predictable. Like, well, I guess I know what you're saying, like, since yeah. he was such a big target. But I remember watching that episode and just feeling like he's going to pull it off. He's going to pull it off. He's talking with Kathy. He's talking with whoever it was, Lex. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I definitely wasn't just assuming for sure he'll be out. Maybe I'm a naive watcher. <laughs> well, you thought it was the story of you, so. <laughs> well, exactly. I didn't even care about that as long as we could get back to Robin Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't actually true. I was actually a big, my big, my favorite player at the time and probably still is, was Rob C. And I remember just being devastated when he got voted out. So after that, I, I had to switch to the other Rob, the Rob that doesn't suck. By the so way, I, I have you, to say, Jay, Jay you, uh, you accused him of, of kissing my butt at the start by going for Vesepia and Chris, but that's actually a theory I've never really written about that you're actually a better player if you win when you're not in the minor, major, majority, which that's something I've kind of thought about for years. And I'm, he just kind of uh, uh, came to that conclusion independently of me coming to it. That's not butt kissing at all. I, I was impressed oh. that that's a theory I happen to agree with. I just have never really written about. Congratulations. Well, yeah. You formulated a theory that Mario was thinking about. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> well and I think it's even interesting to consider players like Sandra and Jenna. I think you can make an argument that they were actually not very good players. And I'm talking about Sandra in season seven. Because mm-hmm. they, had the major- they had the majority going into the merge, then lost the majority. Then they ended up winning. So it's nice that they were able to overcome that adversity and still win. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd think an elite survivor player should be able to hold on to a post-merge majority. You'd never see mm-hmm. Boston Rob lose a post-merge majority. Because he usually doesn't have them. <laughs> well, <laughs> he did a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do, I do agree with you, actually. I did say on the... Uh, Pearl Islands podcast to there. I was like, Sandra, I think, actively did try to give that game away, and it turns out that she didn't. But, uh, you know, my general feeling always is, you know, I always like what what, what makes my TV viewing very, very much better, and Sandra always makes my TV viewing much better. So, you know, I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a whole other list of most entertaining survivors and, like, best players. Now, it's obvious Jay and I aren't big a fan of All-Stars, probably me more so than Jay. Do you think we could have a constructive... Uh, conversation about All-Stars and not hate each other by the end? Because <laughs> I, th- I like the tactic you take with discussing All-Stars. It's very hard for me to appreciate anything about that season, but I can kind of see it the way you describe it. I mean, I can't imagine having a conversation about Survivor that isn't just completely delightful. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> no, I'm just, now, I'm just, now I am sucking up. Ah, <laughs> uh, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was, that was great, I like that. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, it's nice to have a little bit of disagreement on the podcast, I would think. So you have like nobody in your life to talk to Survivor about, right? Well, or my brother watches it. But you know, it's almost like if you're talking to someone who likes Survivor but isn't a super fan, it's almost mm-hmm. like frustrating because, you know, you're talking about 
Cochran or something, and then you want to bring up, yeah, that's a lot like what Brian Heideck did. And they're like, who the hell's Brian Heideck? And it's almost like more frustrating than just being able to talk to someone who doesn't know any players and you could talk to them from scratch. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And I've experienced that many times myself. Now, would you have time to do this podcast uh, uh, along with your other podcast? I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. Like, I assume you guys schedule in advance and don't just decide at the last minute to record. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. And you do it only like once a month also. So definitely I'll just block off whenever you say we're doing it. And that'll be that. I record my other podcast on Tuesday nights. So that's my only sort of restriction. But even that, like, if you guys had to do Tuesday nights, I could probably get it moved. I'm sensing a lot of contempt in here with the, yeah, you guys, you guys just only do it once in a while, right? You guys <laughs> no. are so late, you can't, you know, get, get your shit together. Uh, yeah, well, to be, fair, to be fair, your episodes are like three and a half hours and ours are like 40 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, that, that's actually the more relevant question, Mario. Not, you know, can you block out the, you know, couple hours a month to do this thing? But, you know, can you, can you podcast for three and a half hours? <laughs> I might need a, a bathroom break, but I think I could do it. There are none of those. Exactly. Oh, no. We don't have those things here. <laughs> What's your stance on Zoe? Quick. <laughs> she works hard and plays hard. <laughs> oh, look at this. He's a listener. I love this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you would be a great addition. I, I, I like our chemistry. I, I, you know your stuff. Um, anything else you want to say before we move on to our next interviewee? No, just that this has been a lot of fun. I've been reading your uh, stuff for a long time, and so it's just really cool to talk to you. And I hope I hope oh, you'll thank you. I, 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 yeah. I, I, oh, wait, not me. That was Jay. Yeah, well, Jay too. Jay, I really, Jay, I really liked you on Rob as a podcast that one time. That one time? Oh my God, you you listened to that because nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we sign off, why don't you uh, plug your podcast so people can listen to it if they want to check you out? Oh, okay, sure. Well, yeah, it's The Reality Check. It's at trcpodcast.com. And for the 0.1% of you who are into fantasy hockey, I have another podcast <laughs> called the, the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast. So you could also check that out, keepingcarlson.com. And if you don't know how to spell Carlson, then you probably aren't interested in this podcast. Oh, I Eric can't Carlson believe- from Ottawa, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I can't believe we went this long before we got to the fantasy hockey. I was going to talk about that for 15 minutes on its own. Uh, well, oh, hey, you, you, could be, you could come and be a guest on you could come be a guest on my podcast if you're if you're up for awesome. it. Awesome, fantasy I'm also, hockey. I'm also I'm also floored that you noted my uh, Game of Thrones podcast on Rob as a podcast. That was a fun time, and uh, <laughs> gosh, you know, wow. Elon Elon did his homework. Yeah, that's amazing. I like this it. Is a big this is a big deal for me, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been uh, nice getting to meet you finally, and uh, thanks for coming by and talking to us. Yeah, anytime. Thanks again. All right, Thank we'll you. Talk to you later. Thank you. All right, next up we have interviewee number four, and this is somebody I happen to know very well. This is a guy named George Hands, who is maybe the funniest guy I've ever met, and he consistently kills me anytime we talk. So I am throwing him uh, on live on the air here, and we'll see how this goes. So welcome from Florida, George Hands. Hey, sports fans. <laughs> I'm number four. Did anyone use that one yet? No one's used that yet. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, so Jay, uh, you're, go ahead. You hear, you hear Jay? I'm here, but All right. I guess my first question would be, if you listen to our podcast to do your frickin' lawn, and you're on the podcast, what the hell happens? Are you, do you do your lawn as the podcast goes? Tell me how this is going to go. Ooh, wow, that, that's a mind blower. I actually was just looking at my quote <laughs> as I was waiting for this and, and going, you know what? That guy's funny. So, uh, 
So uh, I think I'd still listen to myself, but I, I'd be listening for uh, for what you guys have to say because, of course, I wouldn't be paying attention to it. I'd just be thinking of the next thing I would say. Yeah, for you guys who don't know what he's talking about, if you go to our webpage, my, the Survivor Historians page, there's a quote right there from a listener, and it, sure enough, it's from George Hands. He's the one who gave us the quote. So he is, he is already on the website. He's halfway to getting the job. And, and for the record, today I did mow and edge my lawn. Did you listen to our podcast? Uh, there hasn't been one for about you know two, three, four years. So I uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to uh, Rob Cisternino's uh, cast assessment uh, for this next season. Now you ah, know excellent, we don't, excellent we don't choice. Al- we don't allow plugs on our show. Are you aware of that? Uh... <laughs> We don't allow no. plugs, George. We don't allow plugs to friend of the podcast, Rob Sesternino. Please listen to <laughs> Rob Has a Podcast. You can find it on iTunes. You know, I clicked through, but I, cl- <laughs> I, I, cl- I clicked through the funny 115, so whatever. That's good. As long as you clicked on the ads, that's really all I care about. Of course. All right, so why do you think you'd be a good historian? We'll give you some structure here. Well, the interesting part about it is, uh, I've said before, I actually started watching Survivor in Survivor All-Stars. So this is my uh, virgin season. This is where I got to know who Richard Hatch or Colby or or whoever else was. So I have an interesting perspective on that season because it being my first, of course, you always remember your first. Now, did it hurt like real virginity or did you like All-Stars? You know, I... I remember fondly uh, uh, All Stars, and hey, I'm still watching, what, 20 seasons later, so um, I guess All Stars uh, effed me good uh, better than <laughs> it, it, it did uh, how All Stars effed uh, Lex or many other legacies. That's good. I'm glad you derived pleasure from it in some, in some sense. Yes, I'm, I'm in the minority, but yes, it did. <laughs> Now, do you listen to every one of our episodes? Do you know the historians? Yes, I have been listening, uh, I believe, since the beginning. I, I don't think it was episode eight or uh, season eight where I picked up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I've been listening to uh, to it since the beginning, but I know I have listened to them all. Uh, I, I remember fondly Beatles. Yes, Beatles. We will miss him. I, I, I'm pouring out my beer uh, as as I speak, which... <laughs> I probably shouldn't do on the carpet here, but eh. Now, what makes you think? How dare you think you can replace Paul from Montana? Well, um, my my voice is deeper, slightly. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I know Survivor, but I I I'm not a dork. I guess. <laughs> It, it just despite going to events uh, year after year, and uh, I, I would say that I'm cooler than Paul, and eh, probably you two guys too. Now, how could you say you're not a dork if you go to the events? I mean, nothing against the the dorks that go to the events, but how could you say you're not one? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I do not bring a plethora of buffs with me. Right. I do not. I do not bring a plethora of photos with me to get autographed, although I did the first time that I went. And then I realized, you know what? Eh, these guys are just people. So you know what I like to do with people? Get drunk. And that's pretty much what I do at events. 
So which survivor is the best one to get drunk with? Um, you know, last year at the uh, event in uh, Celebration, Florida, mm-hmm. I shared my birthday with Russell Hance. Oh, there you go. About an hour's worth of Russell regaling me of tales of why he did this or should have did this or if he's on an X All-Stars this. And you know what? I enjoyed it. Now, I know I know you are not a tall man, George. Are you taller than Russell? There are uh there's photographic ev- evidence of this. Um I believe I be- you know, of course I think that I am, but I don't know. It's it's close. Let's just say dead heat. <laughs> okay. All right, let's would say you, we wait, were Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. Would you say though that I have a plethora of piñatas? I would say you have a plethora of photos with you with a beard and a hat, but of pinatas I am not aware. Mm, 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 all right, so mm. so let's say you're on historians and we're starting yes. our All Stars podcast. Mm-hmm. How would how would how would you discuss that season? How would we start that discussion? I I would discuss it as I would discuss my my first uh, sexual encounter, <laughs> and that's often. Well, yeah, of course. I, you know, when when there hasn't been that many since, uh, or or maybe it's just a dream. Maybe I'm just still thinking about my first encounter, and I've never watched an episode of Survivor. I don't know, but you know, I I can remember it fondly. I can remember seeing those three boats mm-hmm. flying down the down the water, and 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 Colby and all these guys I had kind of heard of, but never really watched before. I I do remember fondly. Okay, now you don't have the historical relevance, so like you don't know the first seven seasons, what they were like. I mean, you know them now, obviously, correct? Yes. I When they showed them on uh, the OLN network uh, mm-hmm. way, way back when, that's when I caught up. I have seen every episode with the exception of one episode, a not a very important one, the Purple Rock episode. <laughs> I've never seen it. Now, how could you have not have seen that? It's available on the internet. Yeah. You know, it's I, I kind of feel like uh, everybody has their their one thing that they they just don't don't do one movie or or whatever. I had a buddy who who wouldn't watch Forrest Gump for the longest time just for no good reason. Uh-huh. I have friends who don't have never seen The Godfather or whatever. The Purple Rock episode is kind of that for me. I'm sure I could easily go find it on the internet, but you know what? I kind of like not having that one piece. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's see. And now I know you would have good chemistry with the two of us. That's kind of what I'm looking for more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your movies, obviously. You know, you know if I mention Gene from Amazon, you know the proper refrain for that, right? Of course, it would be Gene was a great player. I think she. she <laughs> no, of course it's fucking Gene. There you go, Jay. You got any questions for Mister Hands here? I still am sitting here going. I just. Totally dropped a Three Amigos joke a few minutes ago, and, and there was hardly an acknowledgement of it. So I'm just fuming over here in the corner. And also, I'm really pissed that you had to mow and edge your lawn today because I have like five feet of snow outside my house. <laughs> yes, I know. You're in Florida. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. <laughs> well, of, of course I noticed your, your Three Amigos reference. I, I, I did, and I, I tried to uh, play off that. And you know what, guys? Maybe we don't have good chemistry. Maybe this alliance... <laughs> Maybe this alliance just doesn't work. I don't know. So much rot and death. 
I have been known to make a joke on occasion that doesn't go over well. <laughs> you got to aim for the stars. Sometimes you're going to miss, but you keep aiming for them. That is true. That is true. <laughs> sometimes you go for the stars and sometimes you end up in Uranus. Not a bad one. That's punny. Because I yeah, always like, like, you know, they always have that shoot for the moon thing. And I'm always like, shoot for the moon. If you don't make it, you probably die. You know, because <laughs> if you don't make it and you're aiming for the moon, I mean, where the hell are you? You're just, you're just floating out there uh, to whatever the next uh, solar system or galaxy next to us is. No, George Clooney, no. That's right. Oh, spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> All right, um, we only got about 15 minutes for each interview, so we're going to move on to the next thing, uh, next person here. But uh, do you have any good Survivor impressions, jokes, anything else you want to end on? Ooh, ooh impressions. Um, got to finish strong. You're a comedian. You know that. That is, that is true. Um, <sighs> you know, all I got is uh, I, I can do my Boston Rob. You ready for right, this? Do, do your Boston Rob. This is my impression of the worst Boston Rob ever. I uh, look forward to being one of the historians. And uh, if I'm not, I, I will say that uh, I've lived a good life. And uh, that's not what you can do for the historians. Ask what the historians could do for you. So please give me the job. Vote Quimby. <laughs> vote, vote Quimby. <laughs> I've heard George do that before. He's the only person I know who does Boston Rob as JFK, and it kills me every time. <laughs> All right. I was going to mute my microphone, but George, just for you, I unmuted so people could hear me laughing at that one. I was well, good. Well, good. Yeah. Well, uh, well, well, good luck in the, this, uh, this quest for finding a new Paul. Of course, we cannot replace Paul, but maybe, just maybe, we can find somebody who has an octave higher than all uh, – <laughs> Soprano or alto or whatever that little one is. Hey, you shut up. <laughs> yeah, yours is kind of similar. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you, George. Well, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you later. Mario, bearded hat fella, you guys have a good evening. You too. All right. Good luck. Thanks. Talk to you. All right. Uh, next up for the Survivor Historians interviews, we have Jason Hundy, our fifth interviewee. And Jason has a kind of a unique background in that. Let me see. I have in my notes here. Jason is a high school, <laughs> high school history teacher. I, I wanted to make sure I said that right. High school history teacher, correct? That is, that is correct. All right, Jason, welcome to the Historians. And give us your pitch. Why do you think you would make an excellent replacement for Paul? Um, well, it's hard to replace Paul, but, uh, you know, I don't want to kiss up too much, but, um, no, um, well, as I told you kind of in the letter, uh, the email that I sent you with that little essay, if you want to call it an essay, mm-hmm. um, I have a background in podcasting, which is pretty cool. Um, and so I can kind of bring that to the table a little bit, I guess, like I'll kind of give you the, how I kind of got into that realm and then that actually will connect into my survivor fandom a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being an only child, I've always kind of had these sort of obsessive fandom type things, you know, from comic books to baseball cards and stuff. But the one that kind of, you know, I really gravitated into during middle school and high school was music. And I ended up getting into, a, you know, working at a record store for six years, 
um, you know, became a, a, a rampant, you know, metalhead, punk person, indie rock, you know, you name it. I have thousands of CDs. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, whoever comes over to my house just sees this, you know, silly library there. Mm-hmm. But when we were working at the record store, um, a bunch of my buddies that were also sort of, you know, into defending our obsessiveness decided to start a magazine. I became an editor and a writer for this magazine that kind of did stuff with uh, underground metal, a lot of European metal, punk rock, you know, just a different kind of obscure stuff. And um, and from there, you know, we, we did that all through college. But as soon as college ended and we all had to kind of get real jobs, the magazine sort of ended. And that's when I, you know, moved downstate because I uh, graduated from Central Michigan University, uh, home of Gary Hogeboom. Um, the landscaper? <laughs> the landscaper, yeah. He, I actually used to mow lawns uh, during the summers and occasionally maybe ran into him, but we we'll, won't go into that oh, yet. So did you take a landscaping class with Gary Hope? I, th- I think I did, yeah. I think I did, <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. So uh, more more stories there probably to be told. No, actually, I don't think he's even in the area anymore, but um, I knew of him because I, of course, collected you know football cards and stuff, so I knew you know his face and name, but... I don't know. By the time I ended up at CMU, the most famous athlete we had was uh, Dan Marley. So he mm-hmm. was kind of our, our claim to fame in that era of the, you know, early, you know, mid nineties and stuff. But, um, wait, as, did you just after say I, that you don't think, wait, did you just say you don't think that Gary Hogeboom still in the central Michigan area? I, I, I don't where, even know. Where did he know. go? Well, who, no, well, no, no, no. This is a Michigan joke. Who on earth is in Mount Pleasant? Oh, well, that's a great question. I'm not anymore. So I've just sort of like, I've sort of taken my own self out of the equation. Uh, most of my friends have moved away, you know? It's like the Montana of Michigan. Anyway, it is sort of. It is ah. sort of. Yeah. Um, it's uh, maybe not that bad. I guess you could say, you know, Claire, which is a little bit north. I don't, I don't know if you guys are even remotely familiar with the Mount Pleasant area. But um, so anyways... When I moved downstate, you know, of course, I'm still like this obsessed fan person, but I'm, you know, busy teaching and doing all those sorts of things. And so when I would actually get together with those old sort of high school, college buddies, we'd still sort of like, you know, obsessively geek out about this stuff and talk about music and, oh, I got to play this for you and play this. And so my one buddy who um, is a comic book artist and was our, I guess he was our graphic designer for the magazine I worked on and stuff. He's like, hey, you want to start a podcast? And so we started up a podcast back in 2007. We called it the Requiem Metal Podcast. And, um, you know, it's kind of had a great success. I mean, I'm not trying to pitch that because we actually haven't done an episode for quite a while. We've been sort of on hiatus the last four or five months. But um, 170 episodes and we sort of, you know, the approach we kind of took was we wanted to do something kind of like NPR-esque or, you know, an intellectual sort of version of, talking about metal and talking about, you know, punk and and different things like that. Because, you know, one of the things, and I think you guys understand this, is that, you know, when you're obsessed with things that like are kind of uh, maybe not valued by the so-called critics of society, and I'd throw sort of survivor into that mix, you know, certainly things like heavy metal have sort of taken their lumps and there's a lot of stereotypes about them, I think, that exist. And so we're like, hey, man, we're we're intelligent guys. We're passionate. We, we, you know, we're not dirt bags. We're not, you know, like, you know, worshiping Satan and sacrificing goats. Not that that's not fun, but mm-hmm. you know, like we're, you know, we're, we wanted to sort of put our passion sort of into the works of it all. And so that's kind of like what we did when we sort of, you know, started this podcast and the feedback we were getting was that even people that weren't really even a metal were just like, Hey, 
you know, we, we love the show because, you know, you guys are obviously committed to it. And, you know, I obviously thought like metal was stupid or we thought metal was just like poison videos or, you know what I mean? Like, and there's this whole other side to it. And so I think this sort of idea of defending things that maybe have been critically shunned, um, and showing sort of that intelligent side is sort of what drew me, you know, into the podcasting world. And then I think through there, I actually started like listening to other podcasts because to be frank, I was really wasn't a podcast person in 2007. My buddy was, and that's how he came up with the idea. And so I found RHAP, Survivor Oz, and then I uh, obviously stumbled on you guys. And that's kind of was like, oh man, there's this whole other world of like obsessed survivor geeks that are kind of going on there, you know? And so I don't know, I guess that's my foray into the podcasting world, if you mm-hmm. will. And kind of how Survivor sort of intersected, I guess, a little bit with that. So yeah, there's no doubt you you know your podcasting world, and you have a great radio voice. Obviously, it's, oh, thank you. That's something some something somebody has uh, mentioned to me before that the reason they like historians is because we have three distinct voices, and they like that sure. because it's easy to tell who's talking. And your voice would obviously stand out. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, that makes me happy. You know, I mean, like I said, one of the feedback, like you know, uh, that we would always get is like people would actually complain that we would play too much music on our podcast. They're like, we want to hear you guys just like bullshit and banter about stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, cause obviously we, we would sort of like, we would obviously prepare, but it was a lot of, and I'm sure you guys do this at times, uh, actually quite a bit from the, you know, all the episodes I've listened to is you just kind of fly with things and you just kind of go off the seat of your pants. And I think the more that you, you sort of try and make things rigid, like the less fun that whole experience is. Cause really what a, good podcast is is you're listening to people that you want to be in a conversation with you know and the the more conversational and natural it sort of sounds i guess it's like i don't know that was at least our philosophy i don't know where you guys stand on that front but yeah no i've said the same thing that it's like my hero growing up was howard stern i love listening to him and he had this theory on radio that it shouldn't listen like a radio show it should just listen like people talking it it should just be sure. fun people in a room and you just want to be a part of their conversation so i totally agree with that yeah and i think that's kind of where you know that how that whole thing you know kind of got started so all right so um, let's talk about what you know about survivor then now, all right Go obviously ahead. you're you're a big survivor nerd right I am yes. Now I think in your essay you said that you you ha- you teach high school and you yep. are constantly defending Survivor to your students. Is that right? I, I am, uh, and it's it's pretty funny. Uh, I, I have a couple things you know that I think you guys will find entertaining. I don't know if anyone else listening would find entertaining, <laughs> but you guys will at least get a kick out of it. But um, last year I. I don't know how it came up, but I, I've obviously been, you know, a long-term Survivor fan, but I didn't really start flying that flag as loudly until really like the last four or five years. Um, kids right away when I started teaching high school history knew I was a metalhead and, and that sort of stuff. And if you were to ever see my classroom, it's just like an ADD nightmare. It's just oh. Star Wars posters, Godfather posters, music stuff like all over it's it's collages and, and it's craziness but my philosophy is kind of create a, an environment i want to be in and they want to be in it too and not make it you know whatever mm-hmm. but um so like last year i remember kind of having conversations and stuff with i don't know just kids i don't really spend too much time talking about tv shows during class because i teach ap world history and you know i'm i'm, I'm kind of like the hard teacher i guess but the kids love my class and i also teach rock and roll history and global studies kind of pretty popular electives in our school and um, 
one girl like you know had was was sort of talking to me she's like oh you know i've never heard of you know i've heard of survivor but i've never watched it i was like oh i you know and i started kind of getting geeking about it and i showed her a couple clips of like famous moments on youtube i think i showed her scooping you know because Mm -hmm. that was like the moment that like you know coalesced for me when i was you know watching survivor and so um you know, she was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I got her Pearl Islands because that's like, for me, Pearl Islands is almost like the, the perfect starter season because it's got a lot of, it's got great villains, heroes. I mean, you guys talked about all that stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. totally was in agreement with you guys on your show and stuff about why that show is so popular. Uh, and from there, she just started borrowing more and more seasons. And so, you know, she would then kind of start selling it to people a little bit. And like all of a sudden there was some kind of survivor conversation starting to happen. And then at the beginning of this school year, I had kids that would ask, hey, uh, we don't want to go to the cafeteria. Can we sit in your lunchroom and eat or sit in your classroom and eat? And I'd be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And so, you know, I would go to lunch sometimes and, and, you know, go and eat with teachers. And then sometimes I would eat in my room just to get things done. And the kids were just kind of they would hook up their iPod to my stereo and just listen to music and talk while they're eating. And one day I think I said, hey, you want me to throw something on for you guys, you know, like. And then they're like, sure. And, and they, they had heard me obsessing about Survivor. They're like, yeah, let's watch some Survivor. And one girl had used to watch Survivor with her parents kind of thing. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember liking that show. And all of a sudden, like, it went from four people to, like, then ten people. And then, like, and then they just kind of, like, invited more and more people. Well, you know, that was the first trimester because we're on trimesters. And second trimester, I actually prep during the lunch hour. So I have four different lunch periods, but I am on prep. I'm not teaching. And so those kids were like distraught. They're like, oh, my God, we're going to be in different classes. We're not going to be able to meet. I'm like, no, don't worry about it. Come whatever lunch you want. Well, all of a sudden, I've got like 15, 20 kids in each of the four lunches that are now coming in. And so when we started on the next season after I, of course, showed them Pearl Islands because that was, you know, again, the perfect starter season. Um, and we moved on to the second season. We did a draft and these kids are like, you know, geeking about it. They're making like how I met your mother slap bets about stuff. And, you know, and I, I just kind of sit there you know, mischievously knowing, of course, the results of what's going to happen and like hearing their speculations just is like mass entertainment for me, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I just and and they miss stuff. And it's funny because, of course, you know, the first time you watch a season, you miss so much. And that's why yeah. you have to watch it multiple times. And it's funny to hear the things that they're saying. It's like, you know, we just got done watching Micronesia, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I actually have a reason why I like that season so much. But if we have time, I'll get to it. But um. And just hearing them be like, oh, my God, Ozzy's unstoppable. You know, they're never going to beat this guy. You know, and just I'm just it, it's almost more entertaining to watch with total noobs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to just yeah. kind of yeah. see what they're doing. And so so that's kind of been fun. And then I run a, um, a summer camp organization, uh, the eighth grade program. It's a, it's a community camp that's kind of run through our school. And it's high adventure stuff. And I'm constantly making them like do stuff that's like right out of Survivor. And like I'm always like, you know, quoting Survivor. And like we start right away when they get off the bus with the old uh, shelter building uh, competition where they mm-hmm. put them into different groups. Uh, I don't give them a Home Depot sort of toolkit, you know, to help, you know, Boston Rob build cool shit and stuff. But <laughs> it's still, it's fun. And we're always doing sort of like crazy Lord of the Fly ish type activities and, and sort of group bonding and, and versus each other. And um, in fact, we sponsor a Relay for Life team and our Relay for Life team has to do a theme every year. And this year it was TV shows. And so, of course, I just winked at like the guy, uh, the student that runs it and he goes, I know we're doing Survivor. And I said, yep. All right. Perfect. So our T-shirts are going to you know be like 
outlast, outwit cancer, you know, is going to be sort of in the <laughs> middle. And we're going to try and do at the Big Sur, you know, Relay for Life thing that uh, they do in May um, where you walk around the track and, and do all that stuff. Um kind of like an immunity challenge to raise money and like an mm-hmm. obstacle course type thing. So anyways, it's, it's, it's been fun to like kind of pass it on to kind of a new generation through like my sort of enthusiasm and fandom and just sort of like watch them kind of run with it. And like, mm-hmm. you'll hear kids like talking about it in like the hallways. It's so weird. Like, I don't even, you know what I mean? It's just like, what, what just happened? Like this, this show shouldn't be popular with like 15 year olds and 16 year olds, but, but they get it. And I think, I think they're, they thought it was something that it wasn't Yeah. because, you know, in the same way that I'm sure, you know, a lot of people think that about, you know, metal or, or comics or, or all the other stuff that we're all nerds about, you know, so. I was going to say, know. you know, what I like about that is you're already doing Survivor Historians. You're basically doing what we do already. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a neat, that's a, a different kind of tactic uh, in these interviews that no one else we've talked to is really doing something like that already. Yeah, oh, well, it sounds like he's doing a better job than we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Can we join your show? Can we join yeah, the metal show? <laughs> hey, you get that would be great. You know, uh, it's you, you, you guys are probably die laughing at the stuff that like these kids just say, and you know, every so often, like you'll hear a kid nail it, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, man, Ceri's playing a really good game. I didn't really like Ceri, but that, she seems like she." And you just kind of like sit back, kind of nod your head. You don't, you don't want to say too much because if you like acknowledge it. Then all of a sudden you're going to spoil it for him. So you just got to kind of, and every so often I'll be like, oh, you should really pay attention to what this conversation here. And they're just yeah. kind of like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes they get it and sometimes they're just busy eating their lunch and being teenagers, you know, so you can't expect them to be totally 100% devoted, but they do get into it. It's pretty funny. Now, so, what, are your, what is your kid's opinion on Zoe? <laughs> I, I haven't, sh- I haven't showed them Marquesas yet, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, here's here's what are you talking about? They're gonna drop their lunch and just be riveted <laughs> to the television when they have that kite flying challenge? Are you kidding me? That is just TV gold. Well, I think I think the kite flying challenge, and I think also, I mean, what's what's a more riveting character I know than uh, than Robert the limo driver? Which what isn't that your uh, your kid's fan uh, was a big fan of Mario? My my son loves the general. Yes. How yeah. dare you besmirch the general and his <laughs> amazing amazing final tribal council outfit? That blouse is amazing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, no, I, you know, I've been thinking about like, we know what our next season's going to be because they, of course, we're all geeked about a lot of the people in Mar- Micronesia and all that stuff, which I know you're just killed part of your soul. But, um, you know, they're teenagers. They need, you know, they need Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber. Uh, so I'm giving them the Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber season of Heroes versus Villains next. But, uh, I might show them Amazon. We might kind of go back to that because Amazon and Australia are probably my two favorite seasons along with Pearl Islands of all time, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it's just hard because like a, a lot of them, like they'll borrow seasons from me too. Like a couple girls just borrowed Vanuatu and, you know, I'm like, I'm feeding them the old stuff too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we only have 20 minutes each day to watch and you wouldn't believe how slow you get through a season when you're watching barely half an episode every day. <laughs> and then of course, Michigan's been besmirched with, you know, 5 million snow days. And so, you know, then we had Christmas break in the middle. And so they come back they're like, what the hell episode were we on? And, you know, <laughs> so you don't get through as much as you'd like to. I'm hoping maybe to be able to get through another season after Heroes versus Villains, but that could take, you know, eight weeks or something, you know, depending on spring break and Easter and all this other crap. So it was really cool when we did do the Pearl Islands finale. It was, um, 
a half day. It was exam day. So they had made arrangements to stay after school on the half day and watch the whole finale in one sitting and the reunion. And like one girl went and picked up like Jimmy John's and, and stuff and, you know, just brought Slurpees in for everybody. It was cool. It was just a little like kind of after school gathering. I was grading papers and, you know, smiling when Lil did anything and, you know, <laughs> like just, you know, and it was funny cause they hated Lil. And so I just was extra happy. Like they just hated her. You, you know? have a great, yeah, those are great kids. You've taught them yeah, well. Exactly. They're smart kids. So what can I say, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I've, I, you know, I've been in the survivor for since, uh, I think I told you in my email, um, I came home, uh, from studying abroad in Italy and I came home at like the end of June and you know you, you heard whispers about it but certainly nobody in Italy ever talked about you know Survivor so by the time I came home Survivor season one was like full and kicking but I was kind of still readjusting to like you know and hating America because of course I thought Italy was better than everything you know how that kind of goes when you, you're a idealistic college kid and stuff and so I didn't really pay attention to anything on television in the summertime because you remember television back then in the summertime you didn't watch it you know like yeah. it was just you know but then I remember hearing people talk about it. And my girlfriend had been studying Ecuador at the time. And um, she uh, she came home, too, like around that time. And she heard the same thing. I was like, well, let's, let's watch this thing. And so we watched the series finale. And we're like, when the Sioux speech came on, I was like, what the hell? What is this show? Anyways, I've been hooked since then. Um, I've, you know, like you, I, I've had my up and downs. When I, when I moved uh, downstate, I kind of, you know, All Stars kind of did kill survivor for me for a few years mm -hmm. um and it was really china that sort of brought me back and i think the first full season i watched since all stars where i didn't miss episodes was micronesia and i think that's probably why i'm a little bit more attached to that season because i think moving downstate away from all my survivor friends and stuff like that it, it did detach me from survivor for a little bit i mean i watched episodes here and there mm -hmm. but i wasn't as passionate about it after all stars i think i kind of was like oh you know I'm sh the same feeling you probably had, you know, where you're just like, shit, you know, like the some of the air was kind of, you know, pushed out uh, for, of the show. But ever since then, I've been huge, and I've obviously gone back and watched all of those seasons. I kind of missed and watched them all multiple times and stuff. But so I don't know. I guess, uh, I, I, like I said, I can talk, so I'll shut up now in case you guys have anything, like, real and specific that you, <laughs> you want to know about. <laughs> we don't really, at this point, we only have about 15 minutes for each interview. Okay. Yeah. You've definitely uh, made your case why you should be the historian. That was a very strong case. Um, yeah, anything else you want to add, Jay? No, no. I mean, like I said, uh, oh, he said sorry. me. He said yeah. me. <laughs> I remember, I'm the Jay. I'm the Jay that sucks. So uh, yes, my bad. My bad. My uh, friends call me Jay sometimes, so that's threw me off. But go ahead, Jay. Uh, Jay the yeah, Jay, Jay from Boston Jay from Jay. Michigan. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I have nothing else. That was just real fun to listen to. Um, I'm I'm just. I, I actually do have lots of questions and comments uh, about this, but uh, I'm looking at the clock and we really have to move sure. on, unfortunately. No problem. No problem. So. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, Jason. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Take yep, care. Talk to thanks. You later. Thank you. Yep, bye. All right. And our next interviewee, we have uh, Mike Bloom, who wrote us a very interesting application where basically he was super cocky and just told us that we were going to pick him. And uh, the demographic he's going for is he is the, the young one, like Paul. He is a young un w willing to step in and replace our favorite Montanans. So uh, welcome to the historians, Mike. Let's uh, talk about yourself. Why do you think you would make an excellent historian? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, so 
basically, Survivor is kind of, I feel nowadays, they're generations, all four of these new type of people, uh, they come in, you know, the Russell Susans, they come in in the 20s, uh, and they're extremely young. So it's weird to think of myself as like that middle generation, but I feel that needs to be filled, because the internet's kind of filled with the younger generation. You guys are not mm-hmm. to, you know, put a date on it, but you're kind of the older generation, <laughs> even though I've I've been with this since the beginning. I'm kind of in the middle, and that I was in my. Would you say that we are the older, bigger generation that has more fat on us? <laughs> yes, yes. To quote, to, to paraphrase Heidi Strobel, absolutely. Uh, but you know what? You can survive off of that a lot more than I can. So uh, no granola bars are needed for you guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I basically. I think it, it'd be a nice way to represent, kind of like Paul does, uh, the this kind of middle generation of people who kind of literally grew up with it. You know, I remember being in school and experiencing the show and talking about it in school. So I think it's a really nice perspective to go to. Plus, you know, I am funny as hell and extremely good looking, which <laughs> you have to assume since you can't see my face. But yeah, that works great on the, the radio. Yeah, the good the good looks is going to be real important for a podcast. I have to say. Well, I mean, if if I can describe myself, if Andy Samberg mated with Michael Sarah, that's basically what I look like. So, <laughs> get the tissues out. <laughs> that's good. <clears throat> now, how old are you? I am twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. All right. It's weird. Um, it's weird. It's it's weird for someone to say I'm twenty four and now you are the young one. What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> I know, you know what? You know what's funny? I get called old a lot on the internet. I always need to point out I'm a year younger than Ethan, so I'm not that old. Yeah, I guess it's it's all about perspective. We also have to consider that the people on the internet nowadays, you know, have are the type of kids that have cell phones and they're out in elementary school. So it kind of goes to show who your demographic is when you're online. Yeah, a lot of elementary school kids listening to the historians. That's that's true. <laughs> you know, they're, they're real big fans. Now, were you the one that said that in your application that you think Survivor will define your generation better than any other TV show? Um, I did. I did say that. I, yes, yes, I, I did say that. I think it's. I think it just shows like if you look at reality TV from the past since the year two thousand, I think Survivor is the perfect example of it. Of uh, kind of the capture of personalities on television, and even like the quote unquote writing slash editing and how. Things have changed a lot since, you know, the heydays of sitcoms and cop dramas. Uh, It's become a lot more about showcasing personalities and what's the storyline and what's going to be the drama for that week, which is really interesting to think about as kind of a a time capsule of pop culture, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, would you describe yourself as like a Survivor super fan? Are you one of these like John Cochran types? Absolutely. Um, I know a lot about the game, all that minutiae stuff about who's placed when and, you know, how old they were on the show and where they're from in the vicinity and, you know, smaller things about famous quotes and everything like that. So it's definitely, you know, it's not just the casual viewing thing. I am uh, an avid poster and member of Survivor Sucks. So that kind of, that kind of classifies the type of of fan that I am. So I, I give high preference to Sucksters. Sucksters, in my opinion, are usually the sharpest Survivor fans and the, the wittiest Survivor fans. Now, of course, not not all Sucksters, but the really good ones. Now, are you allowed to say what your name is on Sucks? On Sucks yeah, or? I mean, I guess I'll 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 come out of the uh, internet anonymity closet. Um, so I my username is Mister X eight one nine. Yeah, the eight one nine I I like to use, but that's that's me. I do I do a little bit of posting on Survivor Sucks. I did some stuff on the Fantasy Games Central uh, 
which did like you know obviously not like the your oh okinawata i was that was a horrible pronunciation mario i apologize about that but you're those uh those online role-playing uh survivor type of games so i played in those a little bit as well it's okinawa and how dare you've never seen the karate kid part two <laughs> i you know what i think i saw one and i think i saw three whichever one had the female karate kid i think i that, saw those that was four Four. How dare you? How dare you? No, I'm sorry. If I reference Arrested <laughs> Development, will that help? <laughs> yes. Well, you already okay. rest, you already mentioned Michael Sarah, so you're close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Good enough then. <laughs> All right. So you're a super fan. How many times have you applied to the show? I'm just curious. <laughs> I actually have never because, uh, like John, it was it was nice to see John Cochran do it, but I'm quite the emaciated, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, agoraphobic type of person uh i am like a, a little white boy from connecticut so uh <laughs> i was some, i is something i'm very much a voyeur in terms of mm-hmm. like i enjoy the competition i enjoy watching it but i'm like i'm never gonna go out there i'm also a uh a pretty passive aggressive i'm a pretty bad people pleaser in that regard that i'm always gonna you know i'm always gonna change my behavior to make someone happy uh, so that's probably a, a crippling part of someone's <laughs> game to be like, well, you know, it's not really, it's counterintuitive for me to vote with them, but you know what, I really don't want to make them sad. So I'm just going to, I'm going to vote with them this once and see what happens. Well, the good thing is wanna, that, you go don't want to admit that. I got, I got a lot of flack actually when someone asked us on, on, the, on the air, you know, how many times are, would we ever want to be on Survivor? And I said, no, I got a lot of flack for that. So uh, brave person by saying you don't ever want to be on Survivor. Thank you. I, it's yeah, it's something I enjoy watching. But I'm taking Ceri's advice and I'm staying on the couch. Now, are you one of those guys who's like a big Survivor nerd and never leaves the house? No, I mean I leave, I leave the house. I try to definitely lead a social life. Um, the oh, sorry, the, I'm descending into Rapture again. Yeah, he's playing Pac-Man. Uh, yeah, Fontaine Factories is is uh, heralding out messages to me right now. Generation uh, Gap, Mario, you, you referenced a game from, like, the 70s, and I referenced a game from not the 70s, so, you know, not not too bad there. Um, yeah, bridge it with Ocarina of Time, and you're good to go. <laughs> ooh, nice. Nice pull. Um, so, Mike, uh, anything you want to talk about today? Uh, it says here you wanted to talk about maybe uh, when the well was poisoned on Survivor. Yeah, so I thought, you know, obviously, and we talked about this, you guys have talked about this a lot on your podcast, I've obviously seen a lot around the forums and everything about how obviously Survivor is not the show it once was. Uh, did I lose you guys? Are you still there? No, we're here, we're here. Okay, we're here, good. Just, make, just making sure my computer went to sleep for a second. Uh, so, it's always interesting to, to talk to people and figure out uh, and when in their opinion, you know, you can use the phrase poison the well or jump the shark. When you think, in your opinion, like, is there a moment or a season when you think, this show is not the show I came into, and I don't know how to feel about that anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um, just remember, I just remember for me getting real bored right around Cook Islands. I remember watching episodes and like I don't really care that much anymore. Yeah, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna say Cook Islands was the season that I was gonna pick specifically, just because mm-hmm. I feel like there were so many things that were. I mean, granted, there were not so great seasons before, but I feel like that was the first season where they kind of just started. They, I feel like the production team was kind of showing a little bit of apathy, or they were deciding to take things in the completely wrong direction. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that, and I remember specifically, again, it was right somewhere between Exile Island and Cook Islands for me, where, in retrospect, Exile Island is kind of a fun season, but at the time, I just didn't even care that much. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it goes to show that, despite the fact that so many people have kind of returned from the show, that 
you look back on the casting, I don't really remember any defining characteristics from really anybody, which is sad because they bloated the cast. You know, mm-hmm. it was the first time they had 20 people since, if you get, if you count pull out, despite the fact they got rid of two people on the first day. And it was sad because then it led to extremely uneven editing. You know, you look back at those early seasons where even, you know, even the like post-merge of Thailand, you still got to know those people you got to know 16 individuals or as cook islands i don't, I don't you couldn't if someone asked me something about uh rebecca borman i <laughs> that's the only the only reason i remember her last name is because she was she was boring that was the only <laughs> that's the only mnemonic device i could use to remember her name what uh, do you think it is really quickly because i'm i'm in agreement as well i mean i've i've, I've gone on record and said that i am not a big fan of survivor cook islands uh and whatnot, and and you look back at that cast. You know, you look you look at the fact that you know ultimately that season came down to Yule versus Ozzy. You know, kind of the 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 brains and you know the ultimate physical brawn competitor kind of thing. Like that should be some epic television. And you look at some of the secondary characters in that season. Yeah, you talked about Rebecca, and you know we we don't have much to talk about Rebecca or perhaps Cecilia or perhaps, you know, uh, Sekou. And, you know, there, there's some people that, yeah. you know, maybe you don't want to talk about because they didn't do much in that season. But then you, you also, other than Yule and Ozzy, you've got, uh, you've got Jonathan Penner. You've got, you know, some, some returnees that come back later, such as, you know, Candace and Parvati. And, and you've got Cowboy. Like, you've got some, some characters in that season as well. Like, and as I've said before, on paper, this season should be a really good season. And yet I feel so apathetic about it. I was so bored watching it, and I'm just wondering, why do you think that a lot of people love it? Do you think it's because they're just trying to love the show too much? Do you have a theory on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that people, one of the reasons people love Cook Islands is because of the, uh, the they, they don't rewatch it. Um, the mm. big thing, basically, the big story I kind of described in the email to you guys is that I'm, uh, my girlfriend really recently got into the show, so I've been kind of slowly showing her the seasons throughout kind of unfortunately I know going against your motto but going out of order but um mm-hmm. I remember showing her Cook Islands and just remembering you know if you already know what's going to happen you know you know that the I24 are going to somehow steamroll their way through this big tribe slash alliance of eight and make their way to the end it's not really anything exciting to watch I feel like, especially in those middle episodes, the big appeal of it was like, oh, I wonder how the I-24 is going to make it through this episode. But then once you know they do, there's Mm -hmm. really not much to watch, considering all the confessionals are oriented around, how are we going to get out of this situation? Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's interesting in that regard, because I feel like in the seasons beforehand, A, they didn't have as big of an overarching storyline as that. They they had a, a good amount to work with. But as a result, they could focus on more things. It wasn't just about let's focus on this one storyline every week. And then that's when I felt like, you know, the Survivor editors started to get a little lazy with their one storyline a week. Where basically, you know, Samoa kind of became, well, let's see what Russell does this week to help get himself one round further. And that was it, which was Mm -hmm. unfortunate because, again, it was 20 people out there, 20 different stories. I'm sure there were a lot of angry contestants about the fact that their, you know, come to Jesus moments might have been cut out from the show to make more room for will the I-24 make it to the next round. Mm -hmm. Do you think Zoe would have made it better? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, she does work hard and she does play hard. So she depends. I don't know if she'd mute me, though. That's a good, it's a good question. She didn't, she didn't Marquesa, 
we'll have so the Marques, I, right? yeah. So I don't know. She may have she may have mutinied with Candace and Jonathan, and then just provided even more white guilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe she wouldn't have. Uh... You know, she, she she wouldn't have dug their eyes or or perhaps their their entire presentation. You, you, we just never know. You know what though? I think she would have mutinied, but then she would have made them all necklaces and brought it to them at the merge to give to them. <laughs> we're just again, since you would be replacing Paul, we're trying to groom you into this thinking like, how would Zoe do this? Well, I do enjoy old people falling down, so well, that's good. Well, that, and that's another reason why I don't like Cook Islands. Not nearly enough old people falling down. Now, we need to get your voice a little higher. You could be almost indistinguishable from Paul. <laughs> exactly. And I did spend some time out in Montana for a while. I used to work for a, for a company out there. So, Wow. How, here, is your, how is your rollerblading to school skills? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, non-existent at this point. But, you know, it's never, it's never too late to strap on some blades and some elbow pads and just <laughs> go, go down Broadway. Elbow pads? What what wow. is this safety thing going on here? Oh, absolutely. Well, when, again, when you grow up in suburban Connecticut, you need to when you're on the when you're going around your little driveway and your asphalt, you have to have the knee pads, elbow pads, and helmet just in case. <laughs> the mean streets. <laughs> Those mean streets, you know, of, of Fairfield County, Connecticut. Now you're not planning to move to Germany anytime soon, are you? Uh, you know what? Uh, my people have some bad blood there, so not any oh, yeah. time. <laughs> wow! Excellent. <laughs> I was I was thinking Sochi, but maybe not. Maybe next year. <laughs> wow, that was well done. I think we should end on that one. That was good. Perfect. Always end on a Holocaust joke. <laughs> Absolutely, end with a Holocaust joke. Leave them la- Leave them laughing. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah, thank you. We got uh, again. We got 15 minutes for each interview. We're gonna uh, move on to the next one. But thank you very much for stopping by. We had a fun time talking to you. Not a problem. Nice talking with you guys. Enjoy the rest of your interviews. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Have Mike. a good one. All right, and uh, now we're up to our next interviewee, our seventh of the evening. This is uh, Kristen Sosville. Am I saying your last name correctly? Yes, Sosville. Sosville, excellent. <laughs> now, Kristen is someone I know from the internet. I've talked to her for a while. She's very That's like the uh, dubious thing. Wait, can you like inter- interview that like better? <laughs> like, uh, don't worry, I know her from the internet. Like, you know, this because is some... everyone from the internet is safe, right? <laughs> exactly. We all know each other. <laughs> But yeah, Kristen is a uh, survivor suckster. She was very active in the spoiler community, and we are more than happy that uh, she is throwing her hat into the ring to be uh, on Survivor Historian. So welcome, Kristen, and why do you think you would make an excellent Survivor Historian? I think I would make an excellent Survivor Historian because I have that perspective of somebody who has been watching the show from the beginning, from season one, summer of 2000. I was watching every episode. Oh my God, uh, really? Yes. amazing all the way back although i had to um i did not watch the finale live i was actually i did have to work that night and i had my mom calling the store i was working out about every five minutes to update me and i remember she was just blown away that rich chose to step down and make kelly make the decision and (laughs) now what kind of job did you have you couldn't get out of how how dare you skip the survivor finale (laughs) I was um I was a third key manager at a retail store at the mall. It does sound important. I can see why I you know it was it. so important. I mean, those little girls' ears weren't going to pierce themselves, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to tell you, there's a lot of uh, movement out there for people that want us to hire a, a female for the historian since we don't have one, and they say that's an that's a perspective we never get on the show. So and there's I, a lot of people out there rooting for you. That. You you would be totally on board. I'm glad I'm glad you support that. <laughs> 
You have lots of people rooting for your success, like John Carroll. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> All right, so I, what? Been, he's probably rooting more for my success than I would have been at that point. <laughs> so, who were you rooting for in Marquesas? In Marquesas, that was that was a season that I was watching it live for a while, but in my friend's dorm room, and then we would kind of come back to it every couple of weeks but what I remember most about and then I came back to it later when it was in the reruns but what I remember most is that the guys that I was watching it with were from Boston and mm-hmm. they were just getting such a kick out of Peter and Rob <laughs> <laughs> they could not believe that there were these guys with these big thick Massachusetts accents on there <laughs> that's true it's a good thing to remember about that season Mm-hmm, definitely but but like everybody else Kathy just really stood out to me as somebody who you know was struggling to fit in for a while, and that kind of resonated with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what what do you want to talk about here on your interview? We can talk about pretty much anything Survivor-related. We could talk about basically anything. What, what, what have you prepared? Anything? Um, I have been thinking a lot about, in the recent Blood versus Water season, we had you know a great opportunity to get to revisit some of the big legacy characters from the early seasons. And I've been thinking about how... It was neat the way that we got to expand on their legacies and reinforce them. People like Aris and Jervis and Tina in particular. Now, absolutely. Now, which one stood out the most to you that their legacy was changed or was altered at all? I think that we can no longer really look at Jervis as a really strong social player. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we we saw in Borneo that... He, he did have the incident with the women are dumber than cows, but he was agile enough to deflect that onto Joel. Whereas in Blood versus Water, he was really taking the heat and he wasn't able to really find a way to deflect it so much. And so I think kind of the legacy of Jervis as a strong social player took a hit. Now, what did you think about the, yeah, what did I was going to say, what did you think about the women being dumber than cows comment? Obviously, that was I'm that was a, a problem. Yeah, yeah it's, a tri- but, uh, it's a trick question. I'm just seeing how self-loathing right. you. <laughs> I, I loved how they how the women responded to it in Borneo. I got a huge kick out of the, out of them mooing when they were voting. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, Jay, I kind of cut you off. You were going to say something about Jervis. Yeah, you you did. You you son of a bitch. I'm going to do it again. So, Kristen, I have another question for you. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Jay. <laughs> Well, no, I was just talking about you know it's an it's an interesting uh, perspective that, uh, that that you're saying there that that you know we can throw away that Jervis is a strong social player. Uh, I I would posit this um, just in the fact that Jervis did get to hang around probably longer than he should have in Borneo, and he definitely hung around probably longer than he should have in Survivor Blood versus Water. Uh, do you think that there's a difference in the fact that perhaps was Jervis trying to play to win in Blood versus Water and uh, bungled it up uh, just famously and, and just wonderfully for my television? Uh, <laughs> and, and do you think that he was ever in the mindset of trying to win Survivor Borneo? I don't think that he... I do I do think that he was trying to win Survivor Borneo, but at that point, the strategy of using alliances and getting to the end that way hadn't really been established. It was being established as it went. I would have been interested to see what would have happened with his game if he had started out on Toggy rather than Pagong. But let's face it, in Borneo, the only person that he managed to vote out was BB. 
that's not <laughs> a particular, you know, great, great strategic game there. I think that in Blood versus Water, he was trying to win, and I was rooting for him. I, it would have been awesome to me to see a character, see someone from Borneo win, but I think that he got linked in with Tyson, and in the end, Tyson was a better player than he was, and he couldn't control his mouth. The only chance I think that he had against Tyson would have been if he had been able to kind of turn it into almost like a Robin Amber thing, like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. But you're not going to be the good cop if you're screaming at people, you know, that's how it's done and other getting the other team to vote off your niece just to send you a message. Yeah, he did kind of get the whole no vote storyline pretty early in that season. <laughs> now, Kristen, one of the things that you hyped up in your interview, in your application is that you were heavily involved in the spoiler community. I was. I yeah. uh, was, I just really just wanted to know what was going to happen before it happened and, you know, kind of enjoyed giving little teasers to my friends and family, you know, oh, you'll you'll never guess but a big name goes out this week. or mm-hmm. And I guess that did kind of peak around the All-Star season that um, Snoozer was active at that point and had his little check mark every single week as to which player was going to go home. And so my mom would call me every single week. I don't she was at work, so she wasn't checking the site herself. And she would call me and say, who's getting voted out tonight? Who's getting voted out tonight? And it was just amazing. What You know, as the jury phase of All-Stars started, especially watching big names fall and less dominant players still be sticking around. Now, that's this is an aspect of Survivor history we, have, we don't really get into much, which is the spoiler thing. Although anyone who kind of follows the show knows that was a big part of the Survivor's success in the early years. Now... From some, what's something like in the early years that spoiler related that the audience, the general casual audience, might not know? What was a big deal to the spoilers that normal Survivor fans wouldn't have known was a big deal? Can you think of something? I guess you could go all the way back to Borneo with the Jervis X spoiler, with, yeah. which probably doesn't get remembered as much now, just because so many people have started watching the show in the years since, but it was a huge big deal at the time. It was being written up in newspapers. Even people who didn't watch the show knew that Jervis was supposed to win. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's just I'm trying to think if, if there's something you, you have that you know from Survivor history that I might not have ever heard of, just because I was so anti-spoiler at the time. <laughs> I had a teeny tiny piece in a spoiler for Australia, interestingly enough. Um, that was... When I was, um, it was my junior year of college, and my dorm sat down to watch Australia together every week. Probably a lot of dorms were doing that at that point, but what was unique about us was that there was a guy on my hall whose mother had co-written a cookbook with Keith, and he had told her that he was in every single episode. Mm -hmm. There you go. So 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 you going in, yeah, that Keith was at the very least going to make the jury, and definitely be in the finale and that came from you you're the one who provided that info to the spoiler world yes wow you are a significant survivor historian already (laughs) so kristen um so you were you were active in the in the spoiler community early on which uh you know was had a life of its own and that's actually uh an interesting thing to kind of retroactively look back on uh these days do you still look up boot lists and stuff like that beforehand or do you just go into each, each season fresh what's the deal I've been going into each season fresh, but I found that a lot of stuff just leaks out everywhere now. Whereas oh, yeah. in the earlier seasons, you had to go looking for it. Now, 
people think they're really cool if they post the if they post spoilers in the comments of you know news articles about people being voted out or interviews or anything like that. So it's actually gotten really hard to avoid them. But um, I'm completely determined to go into this season completely fresh. I'm not reading anything, any interviews, nothing to risk being spoiled this time around. Yeah, I I, I usually take a uh, a pretty good uh, media silence when I go into a Survivor season, and I've. Mm-hmm been pretty lucky i don't usually don't get spoiled but i do know people i mean i know people that are you know huge into spoilers and i you know i i know a lot of people who have my like mindset which is uh, i don't want to know anything and uh you know i will sh- I, I will you know put a pox on your house if you tell me things but i do know that there's this weird kind of third subset of people who do look up a boot list and they just look up the boot list and and they they look it up so that they know it so that you know because we always talk about how, you know, when you watch a season, you watch it and then you rewatch it, you know, knowing so, how right. things play out, you can kind of watch it a little bit differently. And that's usually their argument to me in saying, like, it's not about, you know, being surprised each week as to who's going home. I want to know and then I can look for things. Is that something that you would perhaps – is that something that, you know, you would perhaps advocate or, do you, you know, do you have an opinion on that one way or another? That was usually how I was doing it most of the time. Um just kind of wanting to see how things played out. And then some seasons just, it, it's kind of interesting as you go season to season, and some seasons have pretty much every little tiny detail spoiled. Like if you look at Palau, that was probably one of the most spoiled seasons of all time. They had everything down to which challenge was going to be in which episode, who was going to win each challenge. I, pretty much every detail of Palau was spoiled by about the second episode that was the spoiler Mercedes and to my knowledge it's never been revealed who that really was but Mercedes and then there were some backup details from Bianca and between that you knew all of Palau within a week mm-hmm. whereas other seasons um Cook Islands I think they didn't know um until they they weren't able to say whether it would be Yule or Ozzy who would who would actually pull off the win. I guess because that ended up being such a close vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, close votes. Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one had okay. me nervous. Yule was my uh, very favorite player, one of my favorite players ever, and I was very nervous he was going to lose that one. But <laughs> all right, let's let's just say theoretically you join the historians and we we had you in for the next podcast. How would you feel <laughs> discussing All Stars? Is that a season you derive? pleasure from what what what? (laughs) i'm just curious where do you stand on all-stars um i probably derive more pleasure from it than sue hawk did but less than amber (laughs) that's good (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the thing do you is there what what do you find interesting about all-stars what if you were to discuss it what do you think are the significant things that people need to remember about it I think that what's interesting to the knowledge that's interesting that's good to get out there is exactly how much of the game came down to what happened before they were even out on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is how much of that game had already been played by the time they got there. And I think that's important uh, to get out there. I think the debate about Jenna quitting is interesting. And Mario, I know you and I don't necessarily <laughs> agree on that. So yeah. I think that's an interesting debate to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just little character moments, like the state, the you know what has turned out to be now the second stage of the Jerry and Colby story, and mm-hmm. the the way Rich handled himself being voted out with the grace that he did. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me wonder if, you know, how how could it have affected Survivor's legacy if Rich had been a bad sport about being voted out? 
Yep. You know, he, he fulfilled the role that he was there to fulfill and he did it. And, you know, pe- people like Tina too, you know, she took it as a compliment that she got voted out first. Mm-hmm. I just said everything basically you just said is how I would approach teaching kind of all-stars to someone who doesn't really know the history of it. So I like the good answer. Thank you. And, and I have it on DVD. I will sit down and watch it again. Wow, you're a masochist. <laughs> you you just you just talked for like five minutes on Survivor All Stars, and Rupert Shelter came up exactly zero times. <laughs> All right, so Kristen, Zoe, pro or con? Pro. How, right. how could you not? <laughs> I just ask everyone the Zoe question. That's kind of the shtick here on these interviews. Right. Now, did you find Zoe interesting even one nanosecond? ever during the season i'm just curious i i never did it's that's kind of paul's thing paul was the one who loved zoe and he's he has taught me to appreciate her but man i, I did not even remember you barely even remember her the first time i saw that season um no i she really didn't register too much for me i would say that among the you know uh, among the rotus i would say i found tammy more interesting among the women in that alliance <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, Zoe didn't register for me. All right. You got anything else, Jay? I have nothing else. This has actually been uh, kind of fun. And I do know that, you know, the, the spoiler community was was super active, you know, and was, I mean, the, you know, Wesley and stuff like that, was, they were yeah. over there in Panama doing their thing over there in uh, Pearl Islands and, and Survivor All-Stars. And, you know, it, it, it would be fun to talk a little bit about that. And, I mean, I know, I, I would like to talk about it for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I th- it's definitely something in the community that happened and it's happening and, you know, something that needs to be addressed. And two, you know, it, it would it would just eat a little piece of Mario's soul every time we start talking about so spoilers. And that's just that's just delicious. And we need to, you know, get into that more. <laughs> what was interesting yep. was the effort that CBS was going to to get fake spoilers out there, too. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was funny because, again, we'll talk about this more on the uh, podcast, but... Yeah, that the players were getting so paranoid. And again, I, I had a, a working relationship with a lot of the Survivor players through email and stuff at the time. But they would not talk to anybody involved with a website. I mean, not even one email at the time because they were so paranoid that CBS was going to find out and cut them from the cast. It was just a weird time. It was like uh, the communist, uh, the, the McCarthyism stuff. Like they were scared to death people were going to find out that they were talking to websites. It was interesting. Whereas now Russell can spoil a season and get invited back to one that revolves around his rivalry with another player. Exactly. And now CBS <laughs> actively wants some spoilers out there. But yeah, it was much different back then. Yes. All right. Um, again, we only have 15 minutes for every interview, so we're going to kind of uh, move on to the next one. But thank you very much for stopping by. And if we yeah, have you yeah, if we have you on, you definitely provide a perspective we do not have on the show and people have asked about. So, so you have that going for you, definitely. Awesome. That's great to hear. Thank you for considering me. Yep, absolutely. And I believe you are smarter than a cow, so congratulations. Well, thank you. That means so much to me. Now just tell Jervis, okay? I will. Thank you, Kristen. All right. right. Bye. Bye. Okay, our uh, next interviewee, our final one for the evening, number eight. This is uh, Brian Bosma. And uh, Brian's application, it was kind of unique because he told us absolutely nothing about himself. All he did was trash Paul and say how he was the exact opposite of Paul. So I know nothing about this guy until until he opens his mouth right now. So welcome to the Historians, Brian, and uh, it's good to have you in the interview process. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, you said the best way to get on was to thrash Paul, so I thought that would be a, a good way to start things out. 
Uh, it was That's- delicious. It was it was glorious. Even I mean, I I I could do more adjectives, but I mean, just the verbal beatdown that Paul had. Uh, yeah. You know, I told I told him about it, and uh, and he cried, Brian, and uh, I savored every minute of him crying. Well, we all, a- we all enjoy a good Paul crying. That's for sure. And it was that high pitch crying too, like Paul's has that high pitch voice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was it was great. It was too much easy. He gives me too much material and all his other stuff. So, all right. So tell us about you. We know nothing about you. How yeah, old are you? Uh, Where are you from? Uh, I'm 28 years old. Uh, live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, currently, <laughs> grew up. Yeah, Rupert Town. Yep, Rupert ran for governor. I did not vote for Rupert. Surprisingly, I know. Well, you're uh, not alone there, Brian. <laughs> I know it wasn't many, uh, but no, it's uh, yeah. And I uh, kind of watched Survivor most of my life. Grew up uh, watching it with my parents, and then kind of uh, really got into it here recently. And kind of went back and rewatched all the seasons, and, and just uh, have a great love for it. Listened to all the historians podcast a couple times, and uh, yeah, I just really love the show. So, would you call yourself a Survivor dork like us? Oh, yeah, big time. I, I'm not really big on, like, the internet spoiler scene, but when it comes to watching the episodes over and over, I, I remember when I was younger, I, I made, made up spreadsheets to try to check, track who won the challenges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was a big challenge geek. I work in sports, so I love stats, so I was trying to keep up on who won the challenges and stuff like that. Now, you know the traditional Survivor fan is not big into sports. <laughs> That's, That's kind of an true. interesting demographic. It's- it is true. I yeah, I know. I'm a weird combination of I love reality TV and sports big time. So it's tough to find similar people in my field that enjoy it. But uh, I've loved it ever since it first started. So you like sports? What, what? How do you feel about untying knots? Oh, it's it's an important you know it's an important sport. If sailing, right? That's a sport, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, you know. But I know, yeah. It seems like most of the challenges uh, nowadays are all not, not tying. So yeah, I guess it's a, I guess it could be considered a sport. Oh my god! I just had this like image in my head of James Miller like doing the America's Cup. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! We're gonna sail this ship and we're gonna win. You ain't lying. <laughs> all right. So what what do you bring to the table that no one else does aside from the fact that you know what sports are? <laughs> uh, um. Let's see. I think. I think I pro- provide an interesting perspective because a lot of the people, uh, as, as much as I love the early seasons, I actually do like some of the mid-teen seasons, the seasons after All-Stars. I know a lot of people have struggled with them, but that's kind of right when I was really getting into the shows when those were airing. Uh, I remember watching Palau with friends, who someone who knew Ian from Palau, and I really ended up loving that season. And So I just kind of have a love for mid-seasons. So I think it's a good, fresh perspective on those and not an overall hatred uh, of the other ones. But not saying that everyone hates them, but I think it's it's kind of good to have a fresh perspective on other stuff like that. Okay, now what about All-Stars? I mean, now I know on your application you specifically said you wanted to talk about the first episode of All-Stars. I I just remember, I, I just rewatched it again recently, and I can watch that episode over and over because it brings back emotions for me because uh, I just remember watching All-Stars having no idea who's coming out and with the first time you see that shot and just the hilarity of we have the waters and the airways closed for secrecy and all that stuff going on. That was, <laughs> it was just was hilarious. And then they, they go into the tribes and you see Sesternino on a tribe and you see Rupert coming out right off of Pearl Islands. And then all of a sudden you see Sheehan and Amber and you're like, who the heck are they? Um, but no, I just remember specifically the, it was kind of just an emotional episode because you, you have all this, 
like excitement over who it's going to be and disappointment of who's not there. And it just was a, it was a great kind of first episode and it really got me back into survivor at that time. Now, were you like me and that you were shocked that Nick Brown wasn't there? Oh, completely shocked. And, De- and uh, Deb Eaton too. Big one. Excellent. And lot- Zoe, what about lot- Zoe? Yeah, Zoe. I mean, they, they missed out on a really good tribe of Zoe, Gene, Debbie, and Nick Brown. I mean, come on. That would have been an amazing, amazing tribe. What am I listening to? What is this? <laughs> now, he said he was the anti-Paul. That's how you built up your whole platform. Yet, you're now, you would be thrilled to see Zoe on All-Stars. So, that's not that anti-Paul. He did Ooh. say Gene, though, Mario. He did say Gene. So, we've that's got Gene, to And definitely that. not Elizabeth, that's for sure. She's not letting her close. <laughs> so... No, it's, see, uh, uh, it's, it was just, a, I just always remember that. And then you, the funny thing for me, I always remember is Boston Rob and Amber were the two that I, I was surprised to see. And then they just keep on going over and over or keep on going throughout the season. It always amazed me that like, if I always had to add two different people in and take two people out, they were always the two people I took out and they end up going the farthest. So I think Amber herself was surprised to see Amber there, to be honest. Yeah. It, definitely, that's for sure. So, uh, well, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, you know, the, fir- the first episode of All Stars is pretty exciting. I mean, that is, we were all pretty pumped for it at the, at the time to go. And I mean, I, I can definitely agree with you that, you know, just seeing all the people on the boats going in there, it's, it's pretty exhilarating. So uh, I can definitely uh, relate to that feeling. And it just had such great character moments, like Rudy and Sue both drinking the well water. I just remember that. It was hilarious. And uh, also, I remember, too, the Mogo Mogo tribe was just, like, full of, like, the fan favorites online. I always remember, like, hoping that tribe would go far because they had Lex and Kathy and Colby and just all these people that people loved and wanted to see go far. I just remember seeing that tribe and was hoping that that would be a tribe that would make it to the end. Uh, now I just specifically remember seeing all of them, and I'm like that's a sax tribe. Yeah, I, I yeah, was actually just having this. Dis- I was just having this discussion today with uh, someone that that it seems to me obvious to me that Mogo Mogo was the tribe that the producers wanted to win, and I remember looking at it on paper, thinking, "Well, nobody's going to compete with that tribe. They got all the big the big names." So it is funny looking at it in retrospect. A lot of people might not realize that Mogo Mogo on paper was the tribe that was obviously going to be the better one. It's the first thing that stuck out to me when I saw it because I was like, the Shapira tribe was kind of the crazy tribe. They had all these crazy personalities. And then Saboga was a bunch of random, it was such a random tribe. I just remember all the crazy moments with Rudy and Rupert and different things like that. But then Moga Moga, they seemed with it right away and they seemed to be set up to go far. I would argue Absolutely. that Saboga, I would argue that Saboga, I mean, Saboga did have Jerry on it. Which which is a wrinkle, but I think they, they that was just you know luck of the draw. They had to stick Jerry somewhere. Uh, but you know with Sabogo, they had Rupert, who was the the colossal fan favorite at the time, and you had Rudy, who was season one fan favorite, and you had Ethan, the nice guy winner, and Tina, who people were like, all right, Tina. But you know you, you I think I would argue that Sabogo was kind of like the uh, the good guy underdog tribe, where yeah. they didn't necessarily think that you know you were going to go. Uh, maybe go far and something like that, but you know, Rudy and Rupert and Ethan, especially like this is the rootable tribe, and they had Jerry on there, I think, just for conflict. But uh, you know, that was that was the uh, you know, Mogo Mogo was the gamer tribe, Shapira was the evil slash crazy tribe, and Saboga was kind of going to be the good guy underdog tribe, which uh, actually became the good guy underdog tribe. So way to <laughs> nail that one. 
Yeah, it's funny how on paper that season should have played out differently, and it just didn't. Everything that the producers didn't expect to happen happened. Yeah, you you know that they were they were ecstatic when Rudy and Rupert started talking alliance. I mean, yeah. that's like the dream. That's their dream <laughs> alliance going forward. I remember that. I'm like, man, if that went far, producers would be beyond excited. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. That's something that's I'm I'm glad this came up because this will come up in our historians podcast too. <clears throat> All right, uh, you got anything else, Jay? I don't have anything else. Uh, anything else you need to tell us uh, and tell the viewers about yourself, there, Brian? No, I, I just uh, I just love Survivor, and I am just ex- it's exciting that there's a podcast like this. I love reviewing stuff. I love going back and looking at it, and especially with Survivor, there's so much to get into. Like even the the old historian podcast, I still think of thing more things to talk about, and I'm just glad there's a there's a place to kind of discuss all the moments. I'm just looking at Mario's picture on Skype, and it's of Dar and Pearl Islands during the uh, loved ones uh, visit or the, the loved ones challenge where she has her nickname's Nubnut. That challenge specifically to me, I will never forget it. I could watch that challenge a million times and I, I, you could do a whole podcast almost just on that episode. <laughs> and it's moments like that. I'm just glad that are brought back up because people forget how great TV that was. His grandmother just died, Brian. I know. It, and that, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. You, everyone remembers that moment, but that challenge was amazing. There yeah, were so many hilarious moments in it. <laughs> it was amazing, yeah, but I don't think it was as amazing as Grandma Jay's mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, to get me to appreciate that episode, all I have to say is two words, and they're from Sandra, of course. Fair plays, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite oh, part okay. of that whole scene. All right. Uh, yeah. Just... Thank... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. I know... I didn't give away much in mind. I just knew the easiest way to get on would be to thrash Paul. As much as he knows about Survivor, he just leaves himself open. And uh, it would take, I, I feel pretty safe being here in Indianapolis. I don't think he's going to be able to make the trip and come hunt me down. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Montana? Last question. Uh, I, I can say whatever I want about Montana, right? Because they don't really have electricity or the internet yet. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. So, yeah, M- Montana is. Uh, Let's see. Montana's pretty much the pretty much the uh, Nick Nicaragua of U.S. states. That's what we'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, there you go. We'll put that. They'll, they'll put that on the uh, state flag. That's the new motto. There you go. I like that. <clears throat> I like that. All right. Thanks for stopping by, Brian. I right, appreciate Thank it, you, Brian. Talk to you yep. later. All right, and that was the last of our interviews. We have eighteen finalists we selected from all the essays, and we really we got a uh, buttload of essays. I don't even tell you how many, but there was way more than we expected. So I can feel we bad. quantify buttload? Like, is that something that you can actually, you know, quantify into an amount? In Montana, you can. Not here. Ah, uh, God, this <laughs> Maybe, fabled Montana yeah. place. I got. I need to be there someday. Maybe Oklahoma too. We'll have to ask Heather about that one. You never know. Yeah. So anyway, we have 18 people scheduled. We only could fit in eight tonight. One of the people had some technical issues. So we'll try to get in 10 next week, hopefully. Uh, But yeah, you heard the first eight. And we're not going to really comment on them now. We're going to talk about them. We appreciate, again, we appreciate everybody who came on the air with us. I know it's intimidating coming on a show, especially like this, where you listen to it every day. And a lot of these people we never met before. So, I mean. Listen to it every day. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, I feel bad for people that were thrown on live at the air without. We had no prep whatsoever for any of those interviews. So 
I appreciate everyone who took the time to talk to us. You guys all did great. Um, every single person we picked for a reason. And we're going to go talk about this now. And again, send us some feedback if there's, uh, for the listeners, if there's anybody you particularly liked or found interesting, send us an email. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page and my, on my Survivor Sucks thread. Didn't you, anywhere you choose to con- uh, contact the historian, just let us know what you think or if you had any favorites. And we may invite a couple of them back for the final interview round later. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to that. And it, it'll be fun because, you know, we'll, we'll narrow it down. Then we can talk to them a little bit more, uh, you know, without without so much of a time constraint. So that's that's always going to be fun, too. Yeah. And shut up. Tim will not be invited. No. No, no, he's done. What a fucking douche. <laughs> Not in a bad way. I mean that in a loving way. Yeah, no, no. With, with the greatest of respect. In, in fact, exactly. you know, you, what you should have done is you should have said no offense before then because then uh-huh. they wouldn't have taken offense. I mean, that's a classic oh. social cue. That's well done. Oh, thank you. You are the bearded hat guy professor. Well done. Mm, no problem. I'm, just, I'm here <laughs> to, to tell, let you know that if you say no offense, you can just rip into somebody and it's okay because they won't take offense. All right. Well done. Okay. So for the Survivor Historians, uh, I am Mario Lanza. And I'm Jay Fisher. And once again, please don't move to Germany. It is a terrible place with no Skype. Thank you.